Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Get pumped? Get jacked? Are you jacked to the tits? I have not watched any March Madness yet. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I just haven't had a chance to do so. There's a big weekend here brewing here for Michael Govier. Plato Podcast. Utah. Give me two. Two L's, two Z's. Going to New York City. New York City. I'm heading to New York City this weekend. It is Friday, March 17th. It's St. Patty's Day. Are you shit-faced right now? Who's blacked out? That's putting it mildly. There was a time in my life, St. Patty's Day, I loved doing my thing. I'd get up 6.30 in the morning, be at Connor O'Neill's in Ann Arbor by 7 a.m., just drinking beer, got all my green shit on. I tried out that experience. Not so sure it was for me, but uh, I definitely... Took it to the limit, and by 5 p.m. on a St. Paddy's Day, I'd be done. Oh, I'd have that, like, drowsy, barely able to function. Ugh, I don't know who I am anymore vibe. And making out with some girl in the corner who I have no respect for. And it's just not cool, man. But I've lived it, so I know what it's like. I can talk about it. And that makes me feel better about myself. It lets me know that I'm at least connected to what the St. Paddy's vibe is all about, the experience itself. And then, of course, you got the economy. But don't worry. We can just transfer money from your account into a portfolio with your son. And it's gone. Gone. Economy crisis, same shit as it ever was. I've known the truth for a long, long time. I try to outrun it. I try to ignore it. I know we live in a fraudulent, bogus system. Take five seconds, Google something, and you'll know the truth. If you Google something once a week over the last 15 years, you'd be well aware that we have allowed this to continue because we don't do anything because we don't know how to unite. We don't know how to come together. I'm as responsible as anybody, so don't think I'm blaming you. I'm blaming myself and all of us involved. But we're not going to worry about that because it's draft weekend. You guys got a lot of drafts coming up this weekend or what? Are you stoked? Yeah. There should be a lot of excitement right now. I would feel... Very excited. Booyakasha. That's right. Booyakasha. Draft weekend is here. I don't know. Are you guys doing your drafts this weekend or the following weekend? I feel like this weekend might be the biggest draft weekend, but a lot of people like to put it much closer to opening day, which would be next weekend, the 24th. I have a head-to-head only draft on Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m., which is ridiculous. They're all live down there right now. They're all in Fort Lauderdale doing the draft in person. I'm missing that. God, that sucks. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, that is putting it mildly. I'm totally bummed that I can't be there. But, hey, Tout Wars came a-calling, and I'm not going to turn down Tout Wars. I'm going to be there live this weekend in New York City to do the head-to-head 12-team auction draft, which is at 2.30 
p.m. Sunday. And then at 6.30, I have another auction draft for a dynasty league that I'm now a part of, a keeper league. Oh, keep, not a dynasty league. It's a keeper league. We have 14 keepers in that league. So that's right at 6.30. So really, I have three drafts this weekend that I got to cram in. Leanne's coming with me in New York City, so we're really excited about going together. She loves New York. Should be a good time. Joe says, hey, guess what? Rich people are telling us we are in a recession. Guess what? A few years, rich people are going to tell us that we are in a bull market. <laughs> Lock that one in. That's for sure, Joe. Good to see you, my brother. How you doing? Hope you're doing all right. Anthony loves me. I love you too, Anthony. Anthony went 7-4 and four yesterday in the NCAA March Madness. That's pretty good, but USC screwed him over. Everyone needs to watch M- Govier in their life. Thank you, Anthony. Joe says, wait, we haven't been continuously drafting since October? I've been doing it all wrong. All this time, yes. Those of you that have been drafting nonstop, this is old news to you. Hit it like a sub. Tell a friend to tell a friend, MJ. That's right. Subscribe. Please subscribe to our YouTube. Let's get up to 400 subs. Can we do that before opening day? It's March 17th. We got two weeks. Get us to 400 subs. Just click the button. You don't even have to watch the videos. Just click the subscribe button and ignore the rest. But if you actually do that, you will gain knowledge. Not only is it about fantasy baseball, it's about fantasy football, too. It's about life. We talk about everything here. We have a good time. Noodle salad. You lean going. You lean going. Let's do this. Okay. Well, you guys can participate in the live chat anytime you want to. Right, Anthony? <sighs> Who is calling? 833-466. Declined. Never answer those numbers. But, yeah. It's a big weekend for drafts. What are you guys' big drafts? Do you have any uh, home league drafts, head-to-head, roto? Because today's show, I just want to talk about everything you need to know for your draft this weekend. I'm going to give you players to talk about, and there's no Deary today. It's just me. Love you, Christopher Deary. He's out there. The schedule just didn't work out this way. And since I'm flying out so early Saturday morning, I just wanted to get a show on the record before I had to get the hell out of here. And then next weekend, too, is uh, Vegas. The following weekend, I'm going to Las Vegas for the main event weekend, the NFBC's big weekend at the Mirage. Going to be bunking with Justin Mason, me and Leanne. Really excited about that. Zing! In fact, Justin uh, was just messaging me. He's in New York now with Danielle, hoping they're having a good time. There's a bunch of great fantasy baseball people right now in this moment. They're in New York City. They're watching basketball. They're having fun. I wish I was there. Frank Stample from CBS and Chris Towers were setting up a crew at a bar. I should have gone on Friday. I'm... I don't know why we flew out on Saturday. Leanne has to work, so I have to respect that. It's not her fault. She basically supports us. So, Shout out to all those people who are having fun right now in New York City. When you get caught. I was thinking some Christopher Cross earlier. I love Arthur's theme. Between the moon and New York City, the best that you can do is fall in love. Love that song. All right. Let's just get right into it. This isn't going to be like a standard format show. I just want to talk about what we need to talk about here. The business at hand. Britain's here. What's up, Britain Allen? What's up, Michael? Good luck to the Tout Wars draft, my friend. Britain, I love you, dude. Britain Allen, guys, please check out his show. It's gone. Is that the name of the show? I'm doing that from memory, Britain. I want to make sure I get that right. But the guy is so underrated. He's got a beautiful voice. He's really funny. He's right up my alley. He's my kind of guy. I would love to do some work with Britain. And, you know, maybe we talked about possibly trying to make something happen. I don't know if we we're going to be able to do it or not. I really want to. There's so many opportunities that come and go at times in fantasy baseball and in your life. And if you don't seize them, you miss those opportunities. And then you look back and say, boy, I wish I had, wish I had just told that person that, Hey, let's do this idea and let's just do it. Let's just record it. Let's make it happen and see if it works or not. 
usually when you do that, at least for me, I don't regret when I actually do things. And I hope that you guys check out Britton's show. He's on the uh, Sports Ethos. Sports Ethos getting a lot of run now. Joe Orico is also on Sports Ethos. And they bag Britton Allen and Joe. So those are uh, some people that you want to be in business with. That's for sure. Let me look this up on Spotify. Make sure I got this right. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. A fantasy baseball show. That's what it's called. There it is. I don't know if you can see that. It's gone. Please subscribe to that show. Britton Allen is a funny and talented, knowledgeable dude. Lock that in. Go Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. Why not? Joe Hook says, home league points head-to-head draft starting this weekend where we stack pitchers. Who are three to five pitchers that are win-heavy that you were looking at in the 120 to 280 P range? Okay, well, if you want to play it like that, that's a very specific question, Joe, and I am ready to answer that. So let me pull up the ADP again. Some of you don't know me. I was very anti-ADP preseason, but that's only because... I'm prepping, and I don't want to have my rankings spoiled, okay? That's the reason I do that. Genius, genius, genius. I think it's pretty genius. I don't want to have ADP infiltrate what I want to happen. No, Yoshi, no. Don't do that. The dog is eating the floor. But once I'm done with my rankings and my projections, then I start being aware of ADP. So don't get it twisted. Don't get confused. ADP does matter. I just don't want to be associated with it until it's time. Okay? Okay, good. Whatever, motherfucker! What do you mean? Come on, don't be rude. Don't be disrespectful. Good God. All right, pull up ADP here. We're going to answer Joe's question. Who are some win-heavy pitchers? ADP 120 to 200 range. I'm going to set ADP for March 1st on the good old NFBC website. And I'm going to share the screen with you guys. Those of you that are listening to this, you could follow along by just looking at ADP, pull it up on your computer or your phone or wherever you may be. There we go. There it is. Let me go down here. Yeah, I belong down there. So there's the question below. Let's look at the ADP. Hmm. Let's get pitchers here. Pitching. All right, let's skip down to 100. 120, he said. I'll do it right around one third. Right around. I'll cut off at Blake Snell, the 42nd pitcher off the board, according to NFBC ADP, since March 1st. So, win heavy. I think Logan Webb here, 117, he's just outside 120. I think there's some wins there. San Francisco is going to be better this year than they were last year. Remember what they did a couple years ago? They won like 107 games. So, I think there's going to be some more wins for Logan Webb this season. That's a guy I'd be interested in. Nestor Cortez is being dismissed because of the hamstring injury, but he's making his debut. He's ready to go now. He'll be a little bit behind, but there should be a lot of wins for Nestor Cortez. I love me some Nestor. Chris Sale will pitch well this year. I don't know if the wins will be there. So, And that's the same thing for Nick Lodolo. I love Nick Lodolo's stuff, but how many wins is he going to get? The Reds may not win a lot of games, but maybe Nick Lodolo gets a lot of wins because when he goes on the mound, he pitches well. The problem is with Nick Lodolo and a guy who plays for the Cincinnati Reds, you're looking at a situation where you cannot trust that bullpen at all. Can't trust it. You can't trust the Cincinnati Reds bullpen for a moment. Between Boston 
and Cincinnati last year. Those are two horrendous bullpens that will destroy your hope of getting wins. Now, this whole discussion about wins, we should be clear. If you're new to the show, you don't know me. Wins are a category in a lot of leagues still. It doesn't matter how stupid of a pointless of a category it is, or if it just makes you want to scream. But, you know. Thank you, Gilbert. Rest in power, Gilbert Gottfried. Wins are still a big part of fantasy baseball, so just accept that and move forward. Understand the process. Booyah. All right, so uh, hmm, Lance Lynn, uh, Lucas Giolito. At 144, I've been big on the return of Giolito this year. One year, Lucas Giolito, he's a top 40 draft pick, easy, top 30 draft pick. And then he has one bad season, and suddenly he's not that guy anymore. Look at his trajectory since he figured stuff out around 2019. That's the pitcher he is. Last year was the outlier. This year, he gets back to business. Tony La is gone. I've been pushing this endless, endless agenda that no Tony La Russa is good news for the White Sox. Tony La Russa is there. Everyone's depressed. Tony La Russa is left. The White Sox feel free. A burden is lifted. It's like when your friend gets divorced and they feel like themselves again. And after years of living under a regime of horrendous pain where the wife was constantly telling him what a no good lying sack of shit he was. To finally break free of that and to not be belittled and dismissed. To feel like you could be yourself again. Let your wings spread wide open and fly. That's what it's like to be free of Tony Russo for the White Sox. I'm Giolito heavy all day. Freddie Peralta, I'm a little... I think Freddie Peralta is going to be better than his ADP this year. But the wins, I can't be clear cut. Kyle Wright could get a lot of wins. Kyle Wright had 21 wins last year, folks. Do you guys know that? 21 damn wins. That really did happen. He's not going to have 21 wins again, and he's behind right now. He's catching up, but he could still give you, as long as there's no health issues, 14 to 15 wins, and you're getting him at a discount this season because of the injury related to his shoulder. Tyler Glass now. Uh... Could be some wins there later. It's a discount, but that's not as guaranteed. I think Charlie Morton here, 163. This is a great play. That's the spot to be in. He should get a lot of wins on an Atlanta team, and I think he's totally going to outperform his ADP this season. Charlie Morton's on a team where wins should come, and that's a really solid spot. So is Luis Garcia of Houston. I love Houston's rotation, even without Justin Verlander. That's another name I throw out there. Chris Bass in Toronto's interesting. Chris Bassett was still pretty good last year. He wasn't terrible, and he's kind of being dismissed a little bit more because he's going to Toronto now, but I'm not sure why. He even improved his strikeout rate. He's missing and whiffing more bats. That's a good thing. That's a Toronto team who's going to be good, going to score, who's going to win a lot of games, Chris Bassett. There's a wins guy for sure at ADP 168 you should be in business with. Uh, let's see what some of the people are saying here as I remove this. Anthony says, uh, what is the number for the call? Of, oh, to call in the show. He wants to call. <laughs> Will you be publishing your rankings? Um, on the Patreon, I need to update my head-to-head rankings, and I'm actually working on a spreadsheet that is really in-depth, okay? It's got every position with the rankings and it also has several individual categories related to confidence I have in the player. Let's see, confidence ranking, injury risk, reason for success last year, reason for failure this year, if there is one, 
and developing, declining, or steady as she goes. This is all in one spreadsheet for every position. It's a very intensive process. I'm trying to get the whole thing done. Maybe I should have released it position by position, but I haven't. It will get done soon. That'll be on the Patreon, by the way. It's exclusive to Patreon. Yeah, the Patreon, which I also posted a great draft review for you this week. It's a draft review video, about 20 minutes. I go over my last pick of my TGFBI team, and I talk about the team itself, why I like the certain guys on there, and you can apply all this stuff as you look at my entire TGFBI roster to your upcoming draft. Anthony wants to call in. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the number, as always, is... Let me put the banner up here. I could put that up. There you go. There it is. 734-489-3224. And we'll see if we can get Anthony to call in here in real time. <laughs> Which is fun. Oh, I like to have a good time. Anthony is such a good sport. Anyways, okay, so we close out get close to the 280p here. Maybe Jordan Montgomery at 172. I don't love it. Pablo Lopez at 172. Oh, here we go. Okay. I got to bring this up. You guys hear that? Anthony, you are on the air. Hello. Hello, Mr. Govier. How are you? Good. How you doing? <laughs> Good. So to close it for the Mets now, no Edwin Diaz. How come they can't put Tyler McGill or Peterson in? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> The closer role for the New York Mets. Edwin Diaz. How about Edwin Diaz is out. Yes. Torres ACL. That's correct. So how about Kyle Miguel or David Peterson as the closer? That's uh, not as bad as uh, Kodai Senga. As somebody mentioned on Twitter the other day, hey, let's have Kodai Senga be the closer. I like that a little bit more. I think Tyler McGill fits into that spot real nice, actually. Yeah. And how about Brandon Belt this year for Toronto Blue Jays? Ooh, Brandon Belt. I'm bringing this headphone up to my ear so I can hear. I Anthony. see you. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> uh, I drafted Brandon Belt actually in, was it Raz Slam? Or no, it was the, I think it was, yeah, it was the Raz Slam the other day. I drafted him as my second first baseman. I love Brandon Belt. He looks like he's going to be a regular in the lineup and he could have his best season offensively as long as, of course, cue the injury siren, right, Anthony? Yeah, well, he's, he's, he could be good for Toronto this year. He has all the, the metrics to do so. Absolutely he does. Uh, Brandon Belt has yeah. always been the elusive, gosh, what could have been? We waited for more power. We never quite saw it. We thought he'd lift the ball more and put more balls over the fence, and there was just always a knee injury or something else that limited him. And I would love to see Brandon Belt have a career year. I still think it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Well, I, I forgot to say, Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> That's right, Anthony. Well, good, luck with all your, good luck with all your jobs this year, and I'm going to continue to watch. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> Flawless victory. That's for you, my friend. Anthony, thanks for calling in. I love no you. The problem. first phone call we've had since Mike Curlin in 2021. Thank you for calling oh, in, my man. friend. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You take care, Bye. Anthony. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> there it is. We got Anthony to call in. How cool was that, man? <laughs> Round of applause for Anthony. I always wonder what you guys sound like. Now I know what Anthony sounds like. It's funny what you picture and what I pictured in my mind about who Anthony would sound like and what he did sound like. Completely different. Anthony, you sound like an old school pro's pro, my friend. And I'm so glad we got you on the record. That was a lot of fun. I live for that stuff. We'll lock that in, Anthony. Thanks for calling the show. All right. 
Anybody else can call the show anytime you want to, 734-489-3224, if you have any other questions. I feel like I should do a call-in show like that, and we could have a lot of fun doing that. I assume that Anthony's audio came through on the video, because I heard him through there, so I hope you guys heard that. Let me know if you didn't hear that, if you're in the live chat on the show. All right. Let's move in to what I think are players I want you to know about and players that I like, okay? And one of the... Oh, Joe says we heard it. Yeah, all right. Yes, that's so cool. I'm so happy about that. Oh, we heard it. I'm so thrilled. That's awesome. We did not fail. We succeeded. Wow, dude. Thanks, Anthony. Look, you got your drafts. My head-to-head draft on Saturday morning, I have eight keepers. So I actually posted about this in the Discord, which you guys should be a part of if you're not in the Palazzo Podcast Discord. Utah. Two L's, two Z's. Give me two. You're totally missing out. We got a really solid Discord, and if you can't hear from me, then you're going to hear from guys like Anthony, who's in there, and you're going to hear from Ben, my partner. We're doing the Prospect Show at 5 o'clock with Seth from Twins Daily. They're going to talk Tigers and Twins Prospects today on the Prospects Power Half Hour. Go Tigers. That'll be a lot of fun. But those guys are always in there talking about players, talking about upcoming seasonal decisions, dynasty, redraft, points leagues. Patrick Ryan is our go-to points guru, if you will. There's so many people in the Discord that can help you out. You have questions about who should I add, who should I drop, trade reviews. We do it all. If you're not on the Plaza Podcast Discord, you're missing out. Go to the top of our Twitter feed, Plaza Podcast 2 L's 2 Z's, and you will find the Discord link. It's totally, totally free. One other thing I want to plug real quick, Grooving with Govier. I do it every single week. I think it's a pretty darn good article. You know, I mean, maybe uh, maybe I'm a little biased. That's putting it mildly. Okay, yeah, I'm very biased. But it doesn't matter because Grooving with Govier comes out every Wednesday morning, and it's free. You don't have to have an FTN membership. Though, if you want an FTN membership, you really should get one. You get access to Vlad Sedler, Eric Cross, Chris Meady, Maddie Wood. We got a bunch of people who know what they're doing. And you get this year's Yelich, which Vlad just posted the other day. This year's Yelich article, he does it every year, which basically is like, this is going to be this year's Yelich when Yelich was an MVP a few years back, which is getting further and further behind us all in the rearview mirror. Still, you can use my promo code MJGovier, and I'd be happy. I'd be very happy to get you that discount. 20% off at FTN Fantasy. Go to FTNFantasy.com. You can see the article like you see right here, Grooving with Govier. This week I talked about some blockages I have. Look at this. I use the App State blocking Michigan. Oh, God, that was so bogus. Michigan lost to App State in 07. I was there, man. I was there that day. It was such a strange time. And I use that to kind of set up the blocks I have with Nick Castellanos, Nolan Arenado. Why do I always dismiss Nolan Arenado? Do you guys have these player blocks where you just you just don't draft a guy because you may have heard a piece of information, but you continue to lock that in? No, I never draft Nolan Arenado, yet he still produces pretty regularly. There's not really a reason for me to avoid that. Even when he left Coors, right, after that, Coors. he still has been a great player for the Cardinals. So I talk about that, and then I do the screenshot segment at the end of the article. This week I talked about Tyler McGill, Will Brennan, Yanni Chirinos on the comeback trail for Tampa. Tim Lopes is crushing it for the Padres right now. He's on fire. Will he make the squad? And will it matter? Will he be a fantasy asset? I don't think so. And then I talked about the Schuster Dodd hype in Atlanta right now, down south. ATL, 
They're looking good. And Starling Marte, why he is someone you should have. So you get all that and more every week. Groove with Gomie. I try to help. And if you guys have any ideas for the article, I'm always listening. I'm always down. Anthony says, Brian De La Cruz is another guy I could see doing well this year. You know, De La Cruz is interesting. His numbers were solid last year, and it looks like he's building towards something. But at the same time, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people there that makes it difficult to know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I haven't drafted De La Cruz once, but I have stared at his name a few times in a few different drafts, whether they were 12-teamers or 15-teamers. I mean, he looks like he has a starting spot, but there's other guys in the mix there. With Like, Jesus Sanchez are still around. Garrett Cooper's been there forever. Jorge Soler is healthy. Jorge Soler will probably DH more. But you look at the roster, and it seems like Brian De La Cruz should play, but there's other guys in the mix that do make me question if the playing time will be consistent enough. But as long as he hits, that won't matter. They'll put him in the lineup. I mean, he's in a prime situation. He's still young. He's 26 years old. He's a righty, so he's not going to be a left-handed hitter used as a platoon. If he's going to play, he's going to play every day because he deserves to be in the lineup. Last year, Brian De La Cruz, triple slash of 252, 294. Yeah, that's not great. Welcome to hell! Yeah, that's not great. But... You know, he can make, you look at his contact numbers, he can make pretty good contact. He played in 115 games, almost 400 plate appearances. He showed some power, and then maybe that's what you're looking at. K rate of 25%, that's okay. A 104 WRC plus in 355 plate appearances. I don't think that's amazing, but if you think he's ascending and growing and he's going to make better contact this year, if the rule changes prevent him from being a pole hitter, let's see if he is a pole hitter. Let me look at his. Oh, yeah, he pulls the ball about 40% of the time. That's not tops in the league, but that's a decent pull hitter. Maybe he will get some more base hits because the shift has gone bye-bye this year. Again, we're talking about Brian De La Cruz of the Marlins. I haven't drafted him anywhere. Anthony says, oh, man, that's a nightmare for you. Yeah, I got a lot of nightmares. Welcome to hell. All right, where was I? Groovin' with Gomi. Talked about that. FTNFantasy.com. Free. And if you want to sign up for the subscription... That's where you get the goods. Use promo code MJGovier. I'll leave it there. Vlad Sedler is a legend. And if you don't know that, now you know. And I can lock that in, right? Yeah. There it is. All right. Back to my players I want to talk about. That's what we're doing here. These are everything, everywhere, all at once, fantasy baseball style. We all need to know everything. Look, I could give you a lot of players, and I'm going to, but it doesn't mean... That's the end-all, be-all. Anything could happen. Injuries can crop up. Weird shit could happen. Season could go sideways for some of these guys. They could have behind-the-scenes stuff that is just crushing their will to live. They're depressed. They don't have a reason to be excited to go to the ballpark every day. A guy like Alberto Mondesi, who is in a brand-new situation where he might actually thrive because he's out of the old ways of thinking in Kansas City, where everywhere he went in Kansas City, Mondesi saw nothing but signs and memories of the constant injuries and failures and disappointments of every damn injury that occurred. And that weighs on people. So you got to think about the context of the situation. And I was also thinking about the context of players who are going to benefit from the shift. And we haven't talked enough about that, in my opinion, on this show, which I do think it matters. Why is that in there? That's weird. 
I got a technical issue here. It sucks not having Deary here because I'm spotlights on me nonstop while I'm producing and trying to talk and do the show all at once and look at you guys in the camera. Make sure you guys get that eye contact so you know that I love you. Because if you don't get that eye contact, you might feel like I'm falling out of love with you. And the last thing I want you to think is that I'm falling out of love with you guys. I love you all. You guys are my people. You always will be. I got nothing but nothing but love for you guys. Nothing but love. Nothing but love and respect. And, you know, it's important. Respect does matter. Respect is important. See? Ali G said so, so it must be true. But look. We didn't talk enough about the shift, so I wanted to bring up and take a look together as a little exercise for all of us. Last year's ground ball leaders, the guys who hit the most ground balls and who pulled the ball a lot because that's what the shift did. We got people who pulled the ball, they hit grounders, or they hit the ball to one side way too often, so we're just going to overload that side of the field. It's pretty common sense. It's not complicated. It's something that... Really pissed off a lot of hitters, of course, but they never changed their ways, so screw them. Yeah, that's their fault, not mine. You know, if you don't change your ways, you're responsible for your own actions. You have to change. And very few people did, unfortunately. All right, so let me pull it up here, and I'll bring you guys in on the action. One second. Wish we had some sing-along music. La, 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 There you go. That's the sing-along music. All right, ground ball percentages. Oh, gosh, Fangraphs, you're killing me. Come on, let's go. There we go. All right, I want to share the screen with you guys here in three, two, one. Booyah, there we go. Screen is shared. Remove advertisement. All right, these are the ground ball percentage leaders last year. And there it is. Christian Yelich leading the way, 58.6%. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at second place. How about that? I wouldn't have guessed that. Of course I would. That's what he does. It's ground balls. DJ LeMahieu, Ahmed Rosario, a lot of the classic. Nelson Cruz, of all people, last year, a 52% ground ball rate. Oh, my God. That is frightening. Nelson, say it ain't so. But there's also some really legit players. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 52% ground ball rate last year. Randy Rosarina, trust me, anybody familiar with Randy Rosarina knows that that launch angle just didn't get adjusted, and it was a big problem. He still had a pretty fantasy-worthy season last year, but that's interesting. At a 50.7% ground ball rate for Rosarina. Here's one, Tyro Estrada, 50%. Now, what I want to add here, let me make sure I add this so it makes sense. You'll see over here on the right, this is the pull percentage. So I'm trying to look at guys with ground ball percentages and pull percentages that are elite. Pull percentages that are the highest in baseball are, I think, are around 50% or close to it, right? And if you look at Tyro Estrada here at number 11, can I highlight him? There we go. 50% ground ball rate and 44.9% pull rate. That's pretty high. So is Tyro Estrada? Going to get more singles this year because he can't be shifted on? Does that raise his fantasy value? What are 15 more singles in a season going to do? Well, it's going to raise your batting average. That's good. For people who play batting average leagues, you play in Roto, that's going to help. Even if you play in head-to-head leagues where batting average is a category, that is going to matter. So Tyro Estrada was a name here that I look at and say, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe I will consider Pumping Tyro Estrada up a bit. But again, is this correlation and causation? I'm not so sure it's that obvious. But it 
these are two key markers, ground ball percentage and pull percentage, that are related, right, when it comes to the shift. Uh, any other interesting names in here? Josh Bell, Alejandro Kirk. Again, I'm looking for at least a 40% or higher pull percentage with the guys on the left here who are the elite ground ballers. Let's see. Here's one. Javi Baez last year, 49.9% ground ball rate, 43.6% pull rate. And Javi Baez was so bad last year that he'll probably have a better fantasy season this year. Yes. Uh Current ADP, I guess I should have had that pulled up. But Javi Baez, I think, is going around like 180 or so, give or take. And he was so bad last year. He screwed me so much. I drafted him in my main event league. Why did I do this? Why? Why did I do this? Don't worry. We can just transfer money Why? from your account into a portfolio with your son. And it's gone. And it was gone. Yeah, that was a waste of a draft pick. Javi Baez was a top 100 pick easy last year. He was. That really burned my ass. <sighs> Doesn't matter if the Tigers are fun now or not. Go Tigers. And they're not, so. Can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it again, Javi. There's no way in hell I can draft Javi Baez, even if he's going to have a better season this year. I just can't relive it. But I do hate that bias. Limiting ourselves from having production from a player this year because last year they sucked is one of the biggest mistakes we can make in fantasy baseball. It's one of the biggest mistakes I can make and you can make in your drafts. You can't have an emotional bias from last year's letdown preventing you from this year's party time bonus session of improved play. Javi Baez is going to be better this year. I just know it. We all know it, don't we? I think we do. Uh, Here we go. I got burned by a Badu last year, says Anthony. Oh, boy. He's not even going to be a factor this year. What's a buzzkill? Uncle Ted talks is here. What's up, Ted? There's going to be a ton of first playing right field this year. Wait a minute. So is that the workaround? Is that what I missed? Uncle Ted says teams are just going to move up the right fielder to back up second base and move the outfielder over. I don't think so. Ted, I don't think that's going to happen. The only reason I don't think it's going to happen, it's not because they're not willing to do it. They're definitely willing to do it. But I saw a great quote on Twitter over the last month. I wish I could attribute this properly because I I don't have it in front of me. Crap. I wish I did. I really wish I did. But it was somebody said who was a manager. Oh, it was, uh, I think it was Marmol. Yeah, I think it was Marmol of the Cardinals. He said that they basically told him the Major League Baseball basically told him, hey, you don't make us change the rules again by bringing outfielders over and trying to circumvent the change to the shift. We changed the rules for a reason, so we'll just make it harder on you. Don't make us do that. I think that's pretty much what I got out of it when it comes to the shift. Let me see if I can find that tweet and share with you guys because I want to help you out here. We're live with the Plotso Podcast, two L's, two Z's, where we get it all in your face and point out your fault. We're going to get it all in your face and point out your fault. Also, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Uh, Uncle Ted says, Oscar Gonzalez, Quan, and Colas all day. Oh, and what does that mean? Is that a question or an answer to something? I think I might have missed it. Uh, Joe Hook says, okay, woo, now there's just, just made in the top 15. All is right with the world. I'm missing some chat stuff, aren't I? Yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm blowing it here. Govier said it here first. Modesty is a top 10 fantasy player in 2023. <laughs> Very funny, Joe. That's a good one. I do like Modesty bounce back this year. I do. I really do. 
Uncle Ted said that the outfield shift is going to be real. They will just move up the right fielder, okay? So I'm trying to look for the Marmel tweet on this where he was talking about it. Mm. Yeah, looking for that. I got to find that somewhere. Basically, he told some reporter that. And I want to find it. I don't have it in front of me right now, but if you guys Google it or you look on Twitter for it, uh, I think you're going to find the answer to that where, uh, yeah, manager of, is his name Oliver Marmel? Yeah, I'm blabbling here. I sound like a fool right now. Yeah, it's Oliver Marmel and the shift. I wish I could find that tweet. Anyways, this doesn't make for a very good copy, so I can't help you there. But there was a tweet saying where Oliver Marmol was very clear about the fact that he knew that MLB would be pissed if he tried to circumvent the shift rules that they changed for this season. That's it. It's that clear to me. That's all I want you to know. Okay? Second out of nine. But remember that, and I really, really thought that was a legit piece of information. So forget about all this. I think there was a spat between uh, Marmol and C.B. Buckner recently, <laughs> right? C.B. Buckner is an umpire who some people don't love. I mean, he's not on a level of Angel Hernandez or something like that, but just remember that <laughs> C.B. Buckner may not be the best umpire in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, either way, I'm convinced Major League Baseball wants more action, Okay. They want the ball and play more. They want to see more action. That's part of the change. It's not just about the rule changes to try to circumvent the three true outcome situation, okay? As Ted Talk says, one of the best live streams on YouTube. Hey, thank you, Ted. Ted, I love you. Bring your tight, your honest takes. Uncle Ted, you bring it and you say what you feel and mean. I don't want everyone to agree with me. I want to disagree with you, but I do disagree. I don't think that these outfielders are going to be bringing adjustments and leave other areas of the field wide open only because that's just not what's on the agenda for baseball this year, okay? That's my opinion. I'm sticking with it, but I always welcome discourse here. We want to create debate, not for the sake of debate, but to try to get to the reason for why things happen and what the truth will be to try to predict as best as we can because nobody can prognosticate to a T what exactly is going to happen this year? I think that's somewhere that we all can agree on something, right? Yeah, we'll lock that in. Oh, Jeff's here. What's up, Jeff Wiley? Good to see you, my friend. Jeffrey! Yo, we need a few more guys to fill a PP League. Let's go. PP League? Prize Picks League? What does PP stand for? I don't know the answer to that. Poor, poor. Oh, Palazzo Podcast. Oh, that's what... Thank you. <laughs> the Blotso Podcast. That's us, right? Utah. <laughs> Give me two. That's us. I'm a dumbass. I was thinking prize picks first. It's funny. There's two PP monikers in my life. Prize picks and Palazzo Podcast. I do prize pack videos over at FTN. I did one last night. Got two out of three right. I got screwed by Chase Oddage of Northwestern. He went off for like 22 points. He hasn't shot the ball worth a damn in like three weeks, but he goes off and they beat Boise State last night. So that's what I get. But yeah, the link is available. It's should be at the top of my Twitter. That's the MJ Govier Twitter. Please go to the top and find the link. Yep, you see it right there. In fact, link is in my bio on my Twitter, MJ Govier's Twitter. There's an NF 
see sign up. You click that link and you could get into the Plaza Podcast Invitational. We need a few more to fill this league so we can start the draft. So please join. It's only 50 bucks, 50 round draft and hold. No in-season fab commitment. The link is in the bio at MJ Govier on Twitter. Again, I'll pop that in here at MJ Govier on Twitter for lots of podcast invitational sign up. Booyah. Thanks for bringing that up, Jeff. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Sometimes I don't know because I can't see inside every league. So I appreciate that. Joe says, Govier hates PayPal confirmed. Is that true? I hate PayPal? Was I supposed to use? Oh, PayPal. That's another one. <laughs> How many PP acronym monikers can we come up with? That's good. Good luck in tout, says Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the tout draft this weekend. Should be a good time. Uncle Ted says, I'll do a podcast leak. Oh, Uncle Ted, get your ass in there. It's right at the top of my Twitter handle, MJ Govier. Click that link, sign up. And as soon as the league fills, the draft starts right after that. So I don't know how many teams left are needed to fill the league. It's a 15-team, 5x5 roto, but Uncle Ted should definitely be in that league. As Jeff says, sign up, Uncle Ted. We need you. Grab a few buddies. Let's go. And that draft will start right now. If As soon as the league fills, it starts. NFBC.com. My buddy Derek and everybody. I did the OC... Last week, which I didn't get to talk about on the last show. Beat Govier OC. That's right. I won an OC last year. So now I get to join the ranks of the Beat Me Online Championships, which is a 12-team 5x5 Roto No Trades on NFPC.com. $350 buy-in. First place is $1,500. That was nice last year. Cashing that. Oh, yeah. That was really good. It felt good. It did. Wow, dude. And so I drafted last week and feel pretty good about it if you missed the stream you can go to the high stakes fantasy network youtube channel which is basically nfbc's youtube channel and you can catch that live draft stream replay i think we did about 13 picks before we went off the air so if you want to see what i was doing check out my team go to the high stakes fantasy network youtube channel and you'll see the live stream that I did last Thursday for the Beat Govier OC. I love OCs. I love playing 12 teams and 15 teams. To me, they're very similar. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it, I want to share real quick because I just can't help myself. I want to help you guys. I want to give you guys some insight. And that's what I'm here for. So if I'm not giving the insight, what the hell am I really doing here? Right? Uh, let me turn off the big sticker. That No, that doesn't matter. Shit. I wanted to hide the other guy's teams, but hey, oh, well, I'm putting them on blast. I blew it. I'm fired. Okay, let's, uh, there it is. I'm over here on the right. Still trying to zoom in. There it is. Govier's on the right. So Otani and Soto to start. I had the 12th pick. I wanted to see how the draft would play out from the back end because all the other drafts I'd done prior to this OC last Thursday those were first or second overall picks. So I went all the way to the back end, and I got Otani at 12, and I love that. This is 5x5 five five Roto. I'm taking Otani at 12 all day. What am I missing? I guess I'll find out the hard way, but I, to me, Otani is one of my top three players, period. doesn't matter. I got Juan Soto to back that up, and then when it came back around to me in rounds three and four, I got Sandy Alcantara as my starter, my lead starter, and Francisco Lindor, my first share of Lindor, and I think shortstop gets pretty weak after pick 110. So I'm like, I'm taking Lindor. He's in an incredible Mets lineup this year. They're going to score a ton of runs. It's party time. So that felt pretty good. 
And then I backed that up with Ryan Presley as my first lead closer and Adley Rushman as my catcher. And I got my first share of Vinny Pasquantino here. Again, I'm on the far side on the right for those of you following along on the live stream. Brian Reynolds, I don't even care if he goes to the Yankees. I think he's going to play much better last year. He he showed more power, which was nice last season, but the batting average dipped a bit. I expect him to get back, especially with no shifts or anything. Not that Brian Reynolds should be a major shift guy anyways. That's not his game because he can do all kinds of things with the bat and the ball. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not supposed to be weird or anything. And then I took Logan Webb. I just hyped up Webb to Joe, who was looking for a guy between 120 and 280p who could get a lot of wins. I'm very pro-Webb this year. And I took Nick Castellanos, who I don't know why I had a blockage on this. I talked about it in Grooving with Govier this week. But I am all about Nick Castellanos now. In fact, he's getting drafted too late. He's going to hit for power. He's going to raise his average back up. Everything about his profile, which I explained in the article this week, it was all career lows and anomalies. His infield pop-up rate had skyrocketed from a career norm of 3 to 10% last year. That's not going to happen again. It was all the indicators in his profile expressed to me that Nick Castellanos was just pressing because it was his first year in Philly, and I think he just felt the stress on a big contract. And It sounds like a simple explanation, but I, I believe that to be true. And then I went in on Nestor Cortez because he's going to be fine. It's just a hamstring. I don't expect it to be a problem all year. I know hammies can be a pain, but I think that's more for guys that are explosive players, not a pitcher. So I'm not worried about the hammy. If it was a different leg area, like a knee issue, I might be a little bit more concerned. Then I got Jonathan India, who I love this year. He's one of my guys. Jonathan India. I'm drafting him as my starting second baseman all over the place. Love the ballpark he's in. Forget Coors Field. That's yesterday's news. Coors. Not worried about Coors Field so much as Great American Bozo Park. Jonathan India is going to have a lot of at-bats. He's going to be at the top of that lineup. He's going to score runs. He's going to hit for power. He's going to hit for average. He's going to steal bases. He's going to do it all. And second base is super deep, so I'm going to wait on a guy like India, and that's what I did. Brian Hayes, I took a bit more of a risk on. I'm hoping we get some more power and we see better contact and consistency from Hayes. Not as confident about it this year, but I'm giving it a shot. And I love Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom, I was thrilled to get him. If I can wait at second base and get India or Grissom, I got both in this 12-team LC, but I love Vaughn Grissom this year. The guy is going to be the starting shortstop in Atlanta, and he's very talented. And Justin Henry Malloy convinced me back in November when we had that sit-down conversation in his lovely living room in his little condo in Arizona. He was super impressed by Grissom. He said he was the most impressive guy that he played with, essentially. And that was enough to sell me. Braves believe in him. Justin Henry Malloy believes in him. And Vaughn Grissom's talented, and he has a job. He could do a lot, and I think he's going to have a much more of a Michael Harris-type season this year than Michael Harris will. Yeah, I'm going to lock that in. I'm getting radical here. I'm getting radical here, dudes. It's getting out of control. Oh, Anthony says, I remember when I said I like Nick Castellanos, and you said, nah. Yes, I told you. I apologize for that, don't Anthony. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I know I messaged you with the follow-up saying I was wrong when I didn't have a clear opinion on Nick Castellanos. This is about three weeks ago. I feel bad about that. I told you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anthony also says, you were on the OC, that TV show on Fox, like 20 years ago. <laughs> Very funny, dude. Wow, dude. That is funny. <laughs> 
Jeff says, all kidding aside, best fantasy player you have played against. Ooh. Best fantasy player I've played against. That's a good question, Jeff. Hmm. There's a lot of great ones. I mean, last year, Scott Jenstad was really good in the main event last year. My main event league last year was loaded with Scott Jenstad, Dalton Del Don from Yahoo, Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell. They co-owned a team together in that league. Justin Mason was in that league. I sat next to Paul Spohr. Uh, Dave, was Dave Potts in that league? He's a former champ. Dave Potts is like a legend. If you don't know who Dave Potts is, he's got a beautiful singing voice, and he's a really good NFBC player. Boy, Jenstad won the league, so I was impressed by him last year. I'll give him full credit, but best player, it's really hard to say, like, bar none the. It's like saying, you know, I don't have a favorite movie of all time. I have a list of, like, five favorites I could give you. So I'm not trying to cop out. I just, I don't always look at things in such absolutes where it's one thing. It's just like, you know, religion. I don't believe in one God. I, I just can't ever lock myself into one thing, I suppose. I like to have a few options. That's me. I guess that's the philosopher side of me. What can I tell you? Anthony says, you go, boy. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Jamie says, thoughts on Masataka Yoshida? When would one draft him? Anthony Volpe, is he starting at short with the Yanks? Brett Beatty, do you like or dislike? All right, that's a lot. That's loaded. Let me uh, table that for one second. I will answer all that. Jeff says, team looks good. India, yes. That's right, Jeff. Thank you. Hayes, 20 stolen bases. Yes, but I want to see more power and more improved contact from Hayes. That's my concern about. Jamie says, yes, I'll be drafting India wherever I can get him. I agree. Uncle Ted says, Avisil Garcia is in for a huge year. Is that true? Really? I have always been against a guy who used to be known as Baby Miggy when he was here. He was a Tiger. He came up as a Tiger, if you recall, and... He was here with Miguel Cabrera. Go Tigers. And there was a lot of talk that uh, he was the next guy. He was going to be the next Miguel Cabrera. But that did not turn out for Evansail Garcia. <laughs> Joe says, plus Grissom probably adds shortstop eligibility by May. Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, he does. Striker. That's right. Scott Jenstad got the, by the way, I think it's striker with a Y. I don't know why they put the Y in there, but that's what I got from Paul Spohr and, uh, <laughs> Everybody else is calling him striker last year. It's funny. Joe says, make up your mind, Govier. You're right. I should make up my mind. Anyways, there it is. There's a little taste of my OC as I bring it to you live here in the Palazzo podcast. You know, I mean, you want me to change? I don't know if I can. And you want me to change? Fuck you. Not going to change. I refuse to change. I want to go back to this uh, question here from Jamie. I did a mock draft Tuesday, well, this is Wednesday night for Howard Bender and Fantasy Alarm. I don't know if they're publishing this. It's called the Mock Draft Army. So there's a lot of mock drafts going on with Howard Bender and Fantasy Alarm. And I drafted for the first time Yoshida because I needed steals. And in the situation, I'd gone heavy on infielders early on. And then I kind of, or outfielders early on, excuse me. And then I kind of chilled out. So I basically took Yoshida as my third outfielder. I'm only doing that because I think he gets the opportunity. I'm still suspect if he's going to be worthwhile or not because I just don't know. We've seen these guys come to a new league in Major League Baseball after playing over in Asia, whether it's KBO or Nippon. I just don't know. But 
It looks like he should get opportunities. That's something I am interested in. And uh, I want to pull up my mock so I can clarify. Yeah, I took... This draft was done on rtsports.com. Do you guys know RT Sports? I'm not familiar with the website until I did the mock draft on RT Sports. It was a whole new experience for me. Wow, dude. I had some adjustments to make because I wasn't familiar with it. Are you guys familiar with RT Sports? Let me know. But uh, where's my team? I'm seeing the draft round by round. But what about my team? Where's my team? How do you see your team? I just don't see my team. Hang on a minute. Oh, no, I don't have access to the draft board because it's over now. Maybe I'm not like, maybe it's a secret. Maybe I don't get to know about this because I'm not the person who runs this thing. (laughs) I don't, I have no idea. Anyways, I did a mock draft and I drafted Yoshida for the first time. And I feel, oh, here we go. Finally, I can see my roster. See if I can pull this up for you guys. One time. Is it this one or that one? There it is. There you go. Can you see that? Yeah, you can see it. All right. There we go. So my roster is on the right here. Let me zoom it in. There it is. So there it is. That's the draft roster, a mock draft I did this past Wednesday. Howard Bender and Fantasy Alarm. What do you think? Said Yoshida, Tiasca Hernandez, Haniger, Jordan Alvarez, and Ben Intendi. That's my starting outfield. I like this. It's a balance of power and guys who can hit for average between Jordan, Mitch Haniger, and Tiasca, and then Yoshida and Ben Intendi to bring up the average. Hopefully, score some runs, a few steals. I I really was pretty pleased with this roster overall. My pitching, I liked. I went heavy on some elites. I took Degrom. I take. I took a chance with Degrom and Woodruff. One two. And then, oh, by the way, I had the 11th pick. It was a 12-team, 5 by 5 So I had pick number 11. And I got myself early closers like Helsley, Rizel Iglesias, and Alexis Diaz. So I've got three excellent closers I feel good about. And then I filled out the rotation with Robbie Ray, who I love this year. Robbie Ray is one of my guys. I think he's going too low. I know that he can hurt your whip a little bit at times, but he also, as I said on this show recently, I believe he had some bad luck with run support and such last year. He still strikes out a lot of guys, and I expect a lot of wins for Robbie Ray this year. And Clayton Kershaw, because why not? It's a safe play. And then on my bench, I got Eric Lauer, who's definitely one of Govier's guys this year. I think I've drafted Eric Lauer on almost every single team because he goes so late in drafts. I just think he's a steal. And Edward Olivares is one of Govier's guys, and so is Tanner Houck, a guy I've drafted almost everywhere this year, and Shintaro Fujinami, who's coming over after some challenges as a player in Nippon Professional Baseball. In fact, he was so roundly dismissed at a certain point because he lost all control. He actually developed the yips. This is Fujinami, who's the new pitcher for Oakland. He signed a three one-year $3 million deal with incentives, but he got the yips. He just lost it, but he got it back and he looked much better in his return to form last season, and I think he builds on that, and he's going to surprise a lot of people. He should be going much higher. Shintaro Fujinami should be a guy that is at least drafted, I believe, in 15-team leagues for sure. For sure. Maybe 12s. I I don't know if I should say 12s. That might be a bit extreme. That's putting it mildly. But I really like him this year, and I've drafted him a lot. A lot. 
Uh, what we got here? Oh, B shops in the house. Deary hates his league. <laughs> What's up, Ben? It's our local uh, Michigan man in Detroit, Ben Chow. How you doing, my brother? Shout out to you. Deary hates his team, and we know that to be true. That is correct. I've heard that before. Anthony says RT Sports is a board. No, I don't know. I did a mock draft on there with Howard Bender and Fantasy Alarm, and I was grateful to be a part of it and represent FTN, which is where you guys should get all of your fantasy and betting coverage. FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets, FTNDaily.com. Good stuff. All right, so now you're seeing some insight on some of the players I've drafted, and I'm telling you that they're my guys and why, and yada, yada, yada. Let me get back to basics here and fill in any other gaps. Let's go position by position, okay? So catcher, I think it's really important that you get, if you're in a two-catcher league, which is not the norm, it seems to be more of a common industry thing. Two-catcher leagues, that's right. Give me two, Utah. Utah, give me two. Two-catcher league. Oh, I didn't finish. Uh, Jamie's going to say, the reason I asked is I'm doing my 20-man invitational this Saturday. I seen some things in another 20-man draft I did. Okay, well, that's a good question. And you know what? I didn't finish your question, Jamie. We talked about Yoshida. And then you asked me about Volpe. I don't think Volpe's going to start with the Yanks. I don't. But how do I know? And how can anyone predict that? One of the problems here is that the World Baseball Classic has screwed up spring training. Not just Edwin Diaz and the absolute tragedy that happened there. Yeah, that was that was a real, real big bummer. I'm sorry. Sorry if you drafted Edwin Diaz this year and he's out for the year with the patella tendon disaster. But the World Baseball Classic has taken some of the best players in the game, brought it to the WBC. Meanwhile, spring training is going on every day, and you got other players getting opportunities. But while that could be a good thing, really, to me, I see it more as filler opportunities while they wait for the big dogs to come back. More than it is, hey, this is a chance to steal a roster spot. I just rarely see that as an opportunity. Most roster spots are already locked up. There may be two or three spots on any given MLB team that are up for grabs. I think Volpe starts in the minors. I just don't see it happening right now. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not a Yankees lover. I'm a Midwestern boy at heart. And then finally he says, Brett Beatty, do you like or dislike him? I love Brett Beatty. In fact, my partner here, Christopher Deary, loves Brett Beatty. I think he said that on this show. Brett Beatty's underrated. He kind of ended the year on a downer because he had the injury, but he can hit. And the question, though, is there's so many guys on the Mets. Is there enough playing time? If you look, again, you guys know this. I've said it a million times. Roster resource is not the gospel, but it's a quick way to chime in real quick and see, oh, hey, what's the lineup looking like? What's the roster looking like? And right now, roster resource there is no Beatty involved because Eduardo Escobar is on the team. And even the DH, Dan Vogelbach, what? I don't know if Dan Vogelbach is going to be the DH. Are you kidding me? Brett Beatty can swing a stick, and he's going to be a difference maker, I think, on this team. But I just don't know if it's going to be right away. You might have to wait. But in a 20-man league, you definitely draft Brett Beatty and hold on to him, depending on the roster size when it comes to the bench. But otherwise, yeah, I think you have to. I, I like Beatty. I do. Uh, I'm going to lock that in. Yeah, lock that in. Yeah. There you go. Joe says Beatty's bat will play. His glove, on the other hand, might be a problem. That is very fair, Joe. I'm definitely saying why I like him has everything to do with his stick. Anthony says, you like Reese Olsen getting in the Tigers rotation at some point this year? Hmm. Reese Olsen. Boy, I, uh, I got to tell you. I'm just going to be totally honest. 
I hardly know anything about Reese Olson, and I live in the Metro Detroit area. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? But I don't want to lie to you guys. Go Tigers! I got to be truthful. I'm not a genius about everything. I've made a few mistakes. You know, I've stood there, like Ernie said, you know, by the house on the side of the road, and I've watched life pass me by because I don't know anything about Reese Olsen. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. So, Reese Olsen has been in double-A for the Tigers, as I see. Last year, 119 innings pitched. Wow, that's really good. 12.6K per nine. That's very exciting, especially in 119 innings. Home run to fly ball rate of almost 14%. Uh, but it's triple-A. The ball flies out in triple-A. We all know that. So, I actually talked about that in Grooving with Govier this past week. Hey, Mike's talking about Grooving with Govier. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't trust it. But Jared Schuster gave up. 10 home runs, was it, in 49 innings pitched last year in AAA? So the ball, it just flies out of AAA. So don't look too much into home run fly ball rates in AAA. But yeah, Reese Olsen's numbers look pretty good. He had a 4.14 ERA. His FIP is 3.31. Looks like he got unlucky. Should have been even better. Kept the walk per nine under three. Yeah, I like Reese Olsen a lot. And he's 24 years old almost. He's going to be 24 in July. Shit. Yeah, Anthony, I think I like what I'm seeing here with Reese Olsen. That's a name to keep an eye on. The age and the situation line up where he might get a start, and if he impresses, he could stick. But there's a lot of arms that are like that. Wilmer Flores is on the same track that Reese Olsen is on in Detroit. So it makes it difficult to know for sure. We still don't know how Scott Harris feels about a lot of these players. We're going to have to see it play out in the regular season. This is one of the things we don't have enough information to predict who's going to get the chances. Plus, injuries play a role, and I just think we need to get a feel for how Harris likes to manage his roster as the GM, the brand-new GM. But I do like Results' numbers. I'm very intrigued, very interested. Jamie says, I drafted Fujinami. By the way, I'm taking that risk. I was sniped from taking Beatty towards the end of that draft. Oh, so you're not getting him because you were sniped, right? I'm sorry to hear that. Joe says, Olsen's command is an issue. He may end up more of a bullpen guy long-term. I mean, the walks per nine were under three in 119 innings. It was 2.86. That's not a leap, but that's not bad. I mean, there's guys walk per nine over three easy. That would give me a lot more fear. But then again, if you look at Reese previous seasons when he was with Milwaukee and before he came to Detroit, yeah, he had more walk problems. Is 2022 in 119 innings? a sign of better command and he's learning and he's growing or was it a fluke? It's a decent sample size. So I don't know. That's a good question. It's a very good question. All right. Keep the questions coming here. Live of the Plato podcast, two L's, two Z's. And you Utah. guys, give me two following us everywhere. 
Blotso Podcast Twitter and our Discord, MJ Govia on Twitter, YouTube, please. Can we get to 400 subs? Please, please. You don't even have to like this show. Just sub it. Who cares? Come on. We should have more subscribers. I know we should. What do you want me to do? You subscribe and you want something from me? I'll give it to you. We could do a quid pro quo if you want. I'm happy to do things for others. Always down. Jamie says, Luis Rangifo is my guy this year, even though he's batting ninth. Jamie, I think that's a huge mistake. I'm trying to help you here, Jamie. Luis Rangifo was a guy who was a ground ball hitter, a contact hitter. The power really surprised me last year. I think it was a fluke, and I think you're making a mistake. I do. Unless you're in a really deep league, like you said, with a 20-team league where you're scratching for starters who you wouldn't normally draft in a 12-team league. Okay, but I am not drafting Rangifo at all this year, though I did like him as a deeper dynasty afterthought. So I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Joe says Olsen just has consistency issues with his delivery. He can easily get out of whack and lose his command. Well, there you go. That sounds like Joe knows even more than I do, clearly, about Reese Olsen. Anthony says, let me help you. Jerry said that. Jerry? Who's Jerry? Is there a Jerry on the show? Why was I not told about this? Who's in charge here? Eckhart? All right, uh, boy, we're live here. You got your drafts upcoming this weekend. He threw a lot of pitches per innings. That's true, he did. Joe says, I like Wilmer Flores a lot more. Hell yeah, I love Wilmer Flores. Everybody loves Wilmer Flores. We'll be talking about Wilmer Flores on the Prospect Show, which I'm doing in 50 minutes or so. Anthony says, show me the money, Jerry Maguire. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay. See, I had no idea. I didn't mean to disrespect you, my friend. Respect is important. All right. So you got your draft this weekend. I was trying to get back to what I was talking about 15 minutes ago. Catcher, I feel you got to get one of the top guys in the top 10. Like, if it gets past Kiebert Ruiz, I feel like you're in a bit of trouble. So I, I really think. My number one guy is a catcher. I'll wait, but I want is Tyler Stevenson. I know he's had injuries issues, but I love Tyler Stevenson. He can hit for average. He hits in a great ballpark. That lineup will produce runs. I love Tyler Stevenson. Just don't get hurt this year, please. And if you want to wait on somebody, then that's probably how I'll play this out here. I'll give you a guy that I love in each position, and I'll give you a guy that you can wait on if you want to wait. I know you guys like to be patient and take your time. And that's a good thing. We should all take our time. Not hurry up. Like Kurt Cobain said, take time. Hurry up. Cause trying to sound like a 65-year-old Kurt Cobain. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> I like to have fun, you know? I like to fuck around. I like to be stupid. Sorry if your kids are listening. I said the F word. Right now, hey, parents out there, I got breaking news for you. Right now, your kids are swearing when they're not in your presence. Oh! Yeah, it's happening. All right, let me pull this up for those of you on the live stream. And by the way, if you're not on YouTube, subscribe. Get us to 400 subs, please. You're missing out. If you hear the show, it's great. But if you see the show, you get to have the bonus of the video that I stream and pull up ADPs. I pull up charts. I pull up whatever, player profiles, whatever we're talking about, I pull it up. So if you look here at Catcher. Here's your top catchers. Dalton Varsho, by the way, was on that list of players. He was the highest, I believe, in pull percentage last year. He pulled the ball more than anybody, Dalton Varsho did, and he also hit a lot of ground balls. 
So what does that mean? Does that mean 15 to 20 more hits are going to fall in play this year? I don't know. It might. It might. I love Dalton Varsho. I was the Dalton Varsho super fan. And I finally, the helium got too high for me. It's too much. I can't hang. I'm not doing it this year. I haven't drafted Varsho once just because you guys have jacked his price up too much for me. I can't do it. I just cannot do it. I won't do it. I'm telling you. Can't do it. That's right, Mike. Thanks for telling him. It might be a smart move. You might look like a genius because you drafted Varsha this year at that high a price, and I'll have to sit here and take it, but I'm not so sure that's a guarantee. Genius, genius, genius. Certainly isn't, in my opinion. So you look at these catchers. I say Tyler Stevens is number 11 off the board right now, ADP since March 1st. I love waiting for him. He's the guy, though, if you don't, if you wait on him and you don't get Stevenson here, then you got to take Cal Rally or Kiebert Ruiz. I can't trust Darno to get enough playing time, and he also gets hurt. I like Moreno, Gabriel Moreno of Arizona, but it's a mystery. It's a mystery how much the playing time will pan out. Carson Kelly is still in the mix. He's a veteran, and I know Carson Kelly gets hurt a lot, but he does impact Moreno's situation. And if you're jumping on this Logan Ohapi situation, I think it's way overhyped and too early because Max Stassi's still around, and he's a veteran, and Eric, the Angels are going to start the year as a veteran perspective, if you will. They're going to start the year trying to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. And it's all going to fall apart. Otani's going to leave. It'll finally be over. But they're going to start the season trying to act like they're a veteran team, the Angels. So I don't think Ohapi fits into that. I really don't. I love Jonah Heim at 18. That would be one of the guys I would last call two catcher leagues, pair Stevenson and Heim if I could do that. And then Eric Haas, my guy from the Tigers. He's going to play a lot of outfield, so he'll be in the lineup a lot. He will. He's going to play left field plenty. He always has. He always will. And if you're looking for ABs late and catching, Eric Haas is a nice play. I like Betancourt for Tampa as well. After that, it gets crazy. And Nick Fortes has a lot of power on the Marlins. I love Nick Fortes a lot. I love him. But will he get enough opportunities? This is a season where he steps up and the door opens for Nick Fortes? To do his thing, I am just not so sure that we can be clear of that. Love Fortez's talent. I love his power. But, I mean, right now, he's still the backup, technically. I know Jacob Stalling sucks offensively, but he's a really, really good framer, and he matters as a defender. We can't dismiss that. We cannot ignore that. Can we? No, we can't. Uh, Anthony's chiming in with some college basketball here because we're live on Mark Madness Day. LOL, Iowa State hasn't scored a field goal in the first 10 minutes. Day. Wow, that is bad. Is that bad? That sounds like it's not good, right? That's bad. Yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure that's bad. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Oh, yeah, that is not cool at all. You can't trust Iowa State. I had them losing in the first round, but I also had Arizona going pretty far, and they lost to Princeton, so it's over, and it takes all the wind out of your sails. Now you know the rest of the story. Thank you. Joe says, I'm sorry, my kid is perfect and would never say fuck. (laughs) Govier, need to make an OnlyFans account to make the 400 subs. Is that what it takes to get 400 subs on YouTube? I mean, it's insane. Jamie wants to know, anyone play with holds? Anyone pitcher in those situations? Sure. I've played uh, holds plus saves leagues. I do that. Jimmy, what's up, dude? Hey, Jimmy, good to see you, my friend. Jimmy D. Virgilio in the house. Can Jan Gomes be a sleeper? Um, Maybe. It's 
not a not a bad call. I have looked at Gomes as a third catcher in deeper 15-team leagues lately. But, you know, Tucker Barnhart's going to be there for defense. He's a left-handed bat. Jan Gomes is a righty. Jan Gomes can hit for power. And I bet there'll be a stretch in the season where Jan Gomes makes a difference. And he could supplant Tucker Barnhart. I mean, Tucker Barnhart was here in Detroit, and he was brought in to kind of help the young rotation gel. And he was so god-awful offensively that it was hard to use Barnhart. It was. So, Jan Gomes, not a bad call. I like it. Not crazy. But after that, I mean, it falls off a cliff. You want to take a risk on Andy Rodriguez, Francisco Mejia. These, Jorge Alfaro... Actually, in Boston, it looks like he, he could slide into more opportunities there. And in a points league, he really produced a decent points per game average last year for a a catcher who didn't get a lot of opportunity. Jorge Alfaro way down there as a super crazy flyer. And then I'll leave it there at catcher. Let's move on to first base here as we prep for your drafts this weekend. Players I like. Look, first base, I haven't drafted Vladdy at all yet. I haven't drafted Freddie Freeman, who I have drafted in the past. I've gotten myself Pete Alonzo a few times. I think Pete Alonzo could possibly have a borderline MVP season this year. So much flavor in that Mets lineup. A lot to like. A lot to get excited about. And then I wanted to draft Matt Olson many times, but I just was never able to pull the trigger on it. I got one share of Vinny Pasquantino. I love Nathaniel Lowe. I'm happy to wait on Lowe as my starting first baseman. Last year was not a fluke. He really was that high of a pedigree of a prospect. So low is legit. Christian Walker, no way he repeats what he did last year. I feel like he really flew too close to the sun, if you will. He's still going to be a useful power bat. And if power is the new steals, as some people are saying, then yeah, maybe you still want to take Walker. But I can't trust Walker to be my starting first baseman. I just can't. He could be a corner infielder, I can add, but not my starter. Uh, CJ Cron has always hung around in drafts. I know... He's got some back spasm issues right now. Nothing major to be worried about. I think he's worth taking in Coors. You always want to have that Coors advantage, right? I mean, Coors. It's delicious. It's that silver bullet. This right here is a silver bullet all the way from Colorado. That's right. That's where they play Coors at. And then I love Jose Miranda. I love Ty France. And I love, but where is he? Josh Naylor, 26 first baseman off the board since March 1st. Look at that. I love Josh Naylor. He could be my starting first baseman. I'll wait that late. I will. You can wait. It's okay. Miguel Vargas is getting run. That's interesting. I can't trust him as to be my solo starter, though. I like to take a flyer on him. I wish his ADP was a little bit lower, but people love the hype. And then uh, afterthoughts. Torkelson's an afterthought. I can't trust him at all. Brandon Belt, we talked about earlier on the show when Anthony called in. I would love to take Belt as my second, my starting corner infielder. If you have first base and corner infield spots, I think Belt is a guy you could take. It still is a starting corner infielder. I like Harold Ramirez. He makes good contact last year. And then after that, it gets really, really dark. I <laughs> You want to wait on Kyle Manzardo to break out? Maybe that happens. I like uh, Ryan Nota way down here. This is super deep. I kind of like him from Oakland. They got him in a Rule 5 draft from the Dodgers. He's hit 54 home runs over the last two years. Nota, if he, he has to stay on the roster to be maintained as a Rule 5 pick. 
So that's a super deep play to consider. I like Ryan Noda. But yeah, those are some of the guys I like here at first base. I'm a Ty France-aholic. I, I don't care about Jose Miranda's injury issue. I do like Mountcastle. I think that's a fine starter. I think Roddy Telez takes a step back. He busted out with all the home runs, and I took advantage of that because I drafted Rowdy everywhere. But I want this year's Rowdy. I don't want the guy who hit the apex of his power. You know what I mean, Vern? Yeah, you do. Anthony says, Reese Hoskins or CJ Crone? Uh... I think I like CJ a tad bit more just because of Coors. Even though Coors isn't what it was, the Humidor has limited Coors recently. It still can provide some power. And I think I like Crone, even though Hoskins, you know, he's going to have to do more of the damage without Bryce Harper. Joe says, I'm willing to take the Ohapi risk in one catcher 12-teamers where I can just replace him off the wire. That is an excellent point, Joe. Excellent point. That's exactly the way you should play that with Ohapi. Jimmy says, Naylor season. Hell yeah, it is, Jimmy. It is Naylor season, as I said. Joe then states, you should just start some nonsense like power is the new steals. How about losses are the new wins? <laughs> right, those people just, they get uh, sucked onto that shit. What can I say? You know that as well as anybody. A slogan or a trend starts in fantasy baseball and it just takes off. All right, let's move to second base here on the Plato Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. Follow me on Twitter, MJ Govier. Jose Altuve is the number one second baseman off the board, and that's with good reason. Let me just lay it out. It's real simple with second base. I already said this earlier in the show, but I'll say it one more time for the people in the back. Second base is so deep. You can get a starter. Like, I could skip all these guys. Jorge Polanco, who's the ninth second baseman off the board. You could start there. Andre Semenis has dropped in the top 100. Last year, I took Andre Semenis in almost every NFBC team I had last year. But this year, I haven't drafted him once because his ADP's gotten too hot for TV. 78? It's too hot. Last year, I was taking Jimenez at 240. So who's at 240 this year? Let's just go down in that area. Jane Segura. Luis Urias is a great guy to bounce back. I think he'll improve. Although I still like Luis Urias a bit more in OBP leagues because he's just better at getting on base through the walk than he is at making contact for enough batting average. But he's got pop, and he's got second, third, and short eligibility. That's promising. But there isn't a guy like Jimenez that fits the profile. It doesn't exactly fit it every year. Brendan Donovan, 260, and that's fun. I look, Colton Wong, to me, at 272 ADP, he's going to be their starting second baseman. He's going to hit leadoff for Seattle, and a, that's a great lineup. He does have problems against lefties still. But he was able to put up a 117 WRC plus last year. That's rock solid. And at pick 272, I think Colton Wong is just going too, too low. Too, too low. But I said it before, Jonathan India at 178. That's my guy this year, bar none. He's going to return top 80 overall fantasy value for sure. And Tyro Estrada is growing. That's promising. Brandon Lau, as long as the back is healthy, he's going to be a top 60 return. Okay? So Vaughn Grissom, Brandon Lau, Jonathan India, these three guys are going roughly ADP 155 to 180. And they could be your starting second baseman. In fact, you could take both of them to fill the second base and the middle infield gap. I love those guys. Brandon Drury, no way, dude. You're not seeing a repeat of last year. It's just not happening. He is already lined up for the Danny Santana Tribute Award in 2023. Danny Santana's 2019 was a fraud. We all knew it after that season. That's exactly what happened. Uh, we had Brandon Crawford's Miracle 2021. We all knew last year he'd fall back to earth. He most certainly did. This year, it's Tyler Anderson. It's Brandon Drury. These out-of-the-norm seasons that happen are not going to happen again.
Oh, that's the wrong button. God damn it. That's what you do when you don't look. All right, I locked it in. But those are my guys a second. That's it. And, you know, even LeMayhew at 236 is not bad. Again, Josh Rojas is a guy I love, but I'll talk about that with third base. John Bertie's been totally dismissed. He steals 41 bags, and he's going around pick 300. That means everyone thinks steals are going to be easy to find or that they don't think Bertie will repeat what he did. I think it's a little bit much, especially for a guy that can fit into middle infield and quarter infield starting spots. I would, I'm happy to take Bertie there, and I think you should too. Uh, Luis Garcia is my guy. I love Luis Garcia. He's going 382 ADP. If we see some more power from him, he's going to take off. You guys who know me last year, I pushed Luis Garcia hard, and he didn't quite take off last year like I thought he would. I'm hoping to see more of a jump for Luis Garcia of the Washington Nationals this year. Uh, Nolan Gorman's really talented, and there's playing time question marks, but ADP 500, that's stupid. He should be higher than that. And after that, it just gets real bizarro world, and I'll just let you guys figure it out on your own at second base. Joe says, Donovan was 380p prior to spring training. Makes me sad that I can't snag him late anymore. Yeah, he's going way higher. He is. Uh, this ADP we're looking at is since March 1st. Uh, we could update it if you guys want to, but you guys can do that on your own. I'm just sticking to give us a general idea. Maybe I should update it. Maybe I should. You want me to put it to, uh, let's see. Do, do, do. You're watching here live on the live stream of the Plus Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah, give me two. Today is March 17th. We can put it to March 6th. I'll update it. Why not? There we go. We'll do that. All right. Let's move to shortstop. Okay. Trey Turner, number one off the board. Obviously, Bobby Witt. I love Bobby Witt. I don't think it's a risk at all. Take him in the first round and forget about it. I love Tatis to figure it out eventually. I do. But I'm not going to jump to take him. If he falls a bit, I will take Tatis. But I'm not jumping. I like Lindor as a safer play than Tatis. I think that's easy. Corey Seager is going to go back a little bit. He was really good last year. I he, I mean, he had the talent to be this guy. So it's just my guts telling me I, I'm not taking Seager. In fact, I could have taken Corey Seager a couple times, and I took O'Neal Cruz twice. Will that burn me? That was team build dependent. I want Cruz's power. I think he's a real special player. Batting average might not be there, but I think the power grows, and I think Cruz continues to grow. If you don't take Dansby Swanson to pick 77 on ADP average, you might be in trouble because after that, it can get tough. Dansby's rising, and Dansby is a guy who, from someone I trust, says that Dansby, and this is Crosby, shout out to Crosby Spencer, who has his very own channel in the Plaza Podcast Discord, which is in our description. It's in a lot, you can find that easily at the top of our page on the Plaza Podcast Twitter feed. Crosby says that Wrigley was made for Dansby's swing. And I trust Crosby a lot. So that I haven't been able to draft Dansby because a lot of people have been jumping ADP to get him. But if you can get your hands on Dansby Swanson, it seems like a good idea because Crosby Spencer is a very intelligent guy. But once you get down to pick 120, if you haven't got a shortstop by pick 120, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to have to take Nico Horner, who I like a lot. I love Nico Horner. Or a Tyro Estrada. Or wait on a C.J. Abrams, because usually most of these other guys are gone. I, I have a block with Javier Baez because he screwed me so bad last year, but I'm sure he'll be better. I'm sure he will be better. Jeremy Pena will be good this year. He's either going to grow even further or he's going to have a struggle as a sophomore slump, if you will. But he showed so much promise last year, and now he's going to be 
part of that lineup another season? Will the league figure him out a bit? Will the overall rule changes mess with Jeremy Pena? I'm not sure there's anything to worry about there. I just haven't drafted Jeremy Pena because I've been fearful that it would be a sophomore slump. And I know that sounds vague, but all I have is my gut in the end. When I look at all the data, and then I have my instinct. So that's my decision. I haven't drafted Wander Franco at all. I haven't drafted Xander at all. I'd like to draft Xander. I think Tim Anderson is going to be part of the TLR post-TLR renaissance, the new day in Chicago. He gets hurt a lot, though. That's the only question. Otherwise, everything about Tim Anderson's game is great, but I haven't drafted him once. I don't draft Carlos Correa. I haven't drafted Rosario, I don't think, maybe once. Uh, it, shortstop's a real problem here. If you don't get Trey Turner or one of these top, I really implore you to get one of the best shortstops because I just don't trust a lot of these names when you get down to pick 120 or later. It gets really difficult. I've taken C.J. Abrams twice. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to grow. He's going to get a chance to flourish, even if he struggles a bit. Stolen bases, maybe some runs in play. I know there's worries that he won't hit at the top of the lineup, but I think he might be able to eventually, but it might not be right away. I like Montessi to bounce back once he gets on the field. I really do. And the Red Sox will let him fly. Uh, Volpe and Peraza in New York, you guys can sort that out. I haven't drafted either one, and I'm not interested. I'm just not playing that game. I already told you about Luis Garcia. And then after that, it gets really, really tough where you have to <laughs> figure it out here with J.P. Crawford, who never lives up to fantasy hype at all. Miguel Rojas is not an offensive performer. Kyle Farmer in Minnesota is not crazy as an afterthought. Maybe a last bench guy in 15-teamers or deeper. And then that's pretty much it. Kevin Newman in Cincinnati is interesting, only because he might have the opportunity to play for a while in a really good offensive ballpark. Again, that's a super deep afterthought. Again, I don't have any interest in Tovar of Colorado. I just don't know if that's going to play out in terms of playing time for him. I don't see it that way. I just don't. I like Estrada a lot. I do. Shortstop is tough. Shortstop is really tough. I love Bryson Stock coming into last year, but I'm not sure how I feel this season. He should grow. He should flourish, right? But I, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it, folks. It's tough. It's really, really tough. It is. Oh, uh, Joe says, if Cruz continues to grow, he's not going to be able to walk through doorways. <laughs> that is a good one. I like that. Marty's here. What's up, Marty? My main man. I don't absolutely hate Baez at shortstop in a 15-team league if you completely waited. I don't hate it either. I don't. I told you I'm bitter against Javi. He screwed me so bad last year, and I got to get over it because odds are he has an improved season this year. He's not as bad as he showed last year, and he had a much better second half. Marty also says, I have tons of Adamases here. That's right. I did a draft Willie Adamas in, was it TGFBI? He's my starting shortstop. He is. I believe in the power. If you need a power bat and you're at pick 100 and you haven't taken the shortstop yet, Willie Adamas is really at that spot where, hey, I better take Adamas now or I'm going to end up with C.J. Abrams or a lesser than player that I'm not as confident about. Okay? Abrams is hurt. Uh, is he hurt? Did I? Oh, my God. See, am I not even up to date on the news? Is it bad? Is it over? Is the season over for C.J. Abrams? Am I a terrible host? Oh, back tightness? Oh, I don't give a shit about that. Who cares? Right? C.J. Abrams hasn't played since Tuesday, and no one here seems too alarmed. That's the headline in the Washington Post. I'm fine with that. Yeah. he's. It's not serious. I don't give a shit about these, these injuries where something comes up in spring training that's not serious, okay? 
I don't let them stop me from drafting players. I talked about the Zach Gallon shoulder thing last year. Top five Cy Young by the end of the season. That's one example. Xander Bogarts was another example. Two years ago, he's developed a shoulder thing in spring training. Had an excellent year. No need to bail on him. I don't worry about these ticky-tack injuries in spring training. Jimmy says, wait, Mark Matias is on pit? <laughs> That's fun. All right, let's move on to third base here as we pile through every position before your draft. Jose Ramirez is a no-brainer. Could be the number one overall pick. In fact, I've seen it happen in a few drafts. Love Austin Riley. He's asserted himself as an elite player in this league in a great lineup. All these guys speak for themselves. If you wait on third base and you get to pick 70 or so, it's either Alex Bregman or it really falls off a cliff and you have to wait till pick 140. That's how I've seen it lay out. And I don't necessarily trust Bregman to stay healthy. And we're never going to see the power we saw back in 2019. That was a fluke. We're not going to see another 40 home run season from Alex Bregman. I don't see it. Gunnar Henderson, Ben Chase has brought up how he's worried about positional transition being a challenge for him this year. I haven't drafted Henderson at all. I haven't drafted Jordan Walker at all. Jordan Walker has been really good in spring training and he got hurt. Are you worried about that? I haven't drafted Walker once. I liked Matt Chapman coming into the year. He stung the ball at a hot, hot rate with his hard hit rate. It was hot all last season, but he didn't get the breaks. A lot of line outs and hard hit balls that turned into outs. And I'm hoping with the fence changes in Toronto and that lineup, and he gets some better breaks this year, he's still not going to hit for a great average, but 30 home run season, 100 RBI plus, a power bat at third base that you could take as your starting third baseman around pick 140 to 160. I don't think it's a bad idea. I love Jose Miranda. I've already stated that. Eugenio Suarez is a safe power play. It falls off after pick 200 big time in third base. Alec Baum, some people are saying he's going to be the huge breakout this year. He could be one of the best third basemen in third base, period. And he's going around pick 170 since March 6th. I haven't drafted Baum once, and I might regret that. I really might. Brian Hayes, I talked about him. Drury's a joke. Ryan McMahon, underrated. Solid, uh, solid. Homer bat, right? Power, Coors Field, all that jazz. Josh Rojas. I've drafted Josh Rojas a lot because he has second and third base eligibility. The only question is, can we get some more power from him? He had that three homer game at Wrigley Field last year in May on a Friday afternoon. The wind was blowing out and it was tantalizing, but we just never see the power outside of that. And he played a lot last year. The steals are nice. He can hit for some average and I do believe he'll be at the top of that lineup a lot more than not. He hit leadoff about 40 times last year. Arizona has a very competitive roster in terms of positional players. But I've drafted Rojas like crazy, and I might get burned by that, but it's not a huge risk because I've always gotten him around pick 200. And he's been my starter at third, and I can move him off there. Anthony Rendon, if he's healthy, he might actually return positive value this year. But how can you know that? All these seasons, how can you know that suddenly Rendon will be ready to go? I think Josh Young is being undervalued. He's a really, really talented bat. He's probably going to hit 20 home runs plus this year. And he's going to be hes going to be a regret of mine that I didn't get more of him. I'm probably going to regret not having more Josh Young. Uh, other than that, you know, Yandy Diaz, you want to wait on him. Great, I guess. I, I've drafted Yohan Mankata a billion times this year because I'm a sucker for punishment, but I'm believing, as I said so many times, that with no TLR, it's going to be a better day on the south side. So Mankata is going to pick 300 or later. It's nothing. It's 
it's a low risk situation. If it doesn't pan out, I drop his ass and I didn't spend a lot of capital to get burned there. I love Spencer Steer. He's going to pick 533. It might take a minute before Steer can get the opportunity there or be the man, but I love him in Cincinnati to be a power bat this season, more so in OBP leagues. I love him. I do. I love Spencer Steer. And then that's pretty much it for third. Those are the guys I want to highlight. Uh, you know, yeah, that says it all here on the Palazzo Podcast. Let's get to the outfield next. Uh, Jimmy says, Nick Gordon is healthy. Yes, I love Nick Gordon. That's a bat. That's a guy that I wasn't worried about that ankle issue in spring training. He really improved last year, showed some more power, was given more at-bats, and he took advantage of it. I like him. I like him. Jeff says, Walker hurt. We don't care. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Anthony wants to know, are you tailing or fading Bobby Witt? I'm tailing, but I love Bobby Witt. The guy's talented. Yes, he can whiff a lot, but power and speed are going to be there. But it all comes down to the type of format you're in in first-round value. Will he be a first-round value in points leagues? I don't know. Roto leagues? He might if he gets that power and speed that I see it. I don't see any negatives with Witt. I think he continues to grow. But I guess the question comes down to, hey, is it worth taking him in the first round? Thoughts on Chad Cool for deep leagues? Deep. Yeah, that is deep. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, Chad Cool, sure, right? Pirates, do his thing. Maybe something cool happens. <laughs> I mean, we're talking deep leagues. If you're in a 20-team league, is it that deep? Chad Cool is a guy that uh, I don't think should be drafted in 15-team leagues, but he's got a spot. He's got a place. Wait a minute. Oh, God. Where the hell the Cool? I thought... Where's Cool at now? I can't keep track of him. He bounces around so much. Oh, he's on the Nationals, right? That's right. I forgot. Sorry. So that's... He plays well for the Nats. They trade him at the trade deadline. That's the dream situation for the Nats in, in this one. But I... Uh, I guess. I mean... I don't think it's... It's so low risk. And when you're looking that deep... I mean, I like guys like JD, JT Brubaker much better than I like Chad Cool. I think Brubaker's a guy who goes super late and he could be taken advantage of. And I'll get to that with pitching, too. I'll address that more. But, you know, the Nationals rotation it looks like trash, and Chad Cool does have an opportunity. So it's worth a shot. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, I'm on outfield now. Yeah, let me get to outfield. Oh, my God. I got to do the other show here momentarily. So really got to get out with things. All right, all these outfielders are studs. Julio Rodriguez is a legend. I'm taking Acuna number one. I've done it before. I've already done it this preseason. Aaron Judge will still have a good season, but there's no way he can do what he did last year. But if you're in a points league or OBP-based league, he's still borderline the number one overall pick. I get it. Juan Soto's back with a vengeance. He should have a great year this year. I don't believe what we saw last year is even close to what Juan Soto is. I've seen him. He's incredible. I'm not worried about Jordan Alvarez's injury at all. I never did. So I would have been drafting him no matter what. Love Mike Trout. Michael Harris, the second I'm backing off of. I just think we're looking at a guy who's got to show it to me again. He's so good in the rookie year. He's the rookie of the year. And his numbers are incredible. Is he that player? And if he is, then I'll be stuffing my face with fool's gold because I would have been wrong. But I have not drafted Harris once. I love Rosarena. I've drafted him many times. I just love his power speed combination. 
He'll hit for an okay average. He's going to be in a lineup every day. I can trust Rose Arena in that respect. Luis Robert, I think, is coming back to reality. The original reality where he was the king of the world. This is Luis Roberts' season. I've drafted him heavily. I believe he can be a borderline first-round value this year. It's all a question of injury. You take that risk, you roll the dice, right? That's what it's about. Oh, let's see. I've drafted Teoscar Hernandez a few times. I love him in Seattle. A new day, a new approach. Power that is so, so intense. He's got serious power. Power for days and then some. I respect the hell out of his bat. I love Starling Marte. There's no way he should be going at 85 ADP. It was all just a fear related to the double groin surgery, but he's healthy. He's okay. He's still got the talent. He's 34 years old. His skills play in a great lineup. I think Starling Marte is being dismissed, and I don't get it. I think Adoles Garcia is going way too high. I love Adoles Garcia at 180 ADP last year, not at 56 this year. It's way too much. The average will fall back a bit, and the power speed's nice, but I just think if I'm wrong, I mean, if he ascends, and he approves more if he has a 30, 30 season, then I will be wrong. But I don't like when guys like Adolis Garcia, who are real values at a certain spot, jump up to an unvaluable spot for me. I just don't do it. I won't. And I think Eloy Jimenez, he'll probably be healthier than he's been this year because of the TLR effect. Not a guy I've drafted anywhere, but I won't blame you for drafting Eloy. I don't draft George Springer. Buxton is what Buxton is, blah, blah, blah. I love MJ Melendez. I do. He's a guy that I would like to have with Tyler Stevenson paired in two catcher leagues. I wouldn't be drafting Melendez in an outfielder. It's nice that he has outfield eligibility, but he's got to be my catcher. But I do love Melendez. I love Tyler O'Neill. I love Taylor Ward. I love these guys. I want these guys. These are guys that you can start your outfield with. Power, speed, and in Ward's case, probably a much better average. Taylor Ward is good. It's always been that way. Just a matter of staying healthy. And Tyler O'Neill, he's shown us that he can be good. Again, he just had an injury-filled year last season. I'm not worried about it. Jake McCarthy, I don't know what to do there. Nice that he could show the steals last year. But if steals are more commonplace in 2023, I think his value is less than in this season. Kristen Yelich, whatever. I don't draft him because I just don't want to take the risk. It's too uncertain. It's a similar profile to Bellinger. Though Bellinger might improve this year because the shift change will benefit him. He was one of the most pull-heavy, ground ball-heavy guys like you know, Yelich in a way. There could be improvement there, but I don't want to play that game. I think Chris Bryant at Coors Field, that's a lot of fun. That could be enjoyable. Coors. I don't want to pay the price of 114. I'd hope if Chris Bryant falls, I'll take a flyer. But since he loses third base eligibility, it really hurts his value, in my opinion. Love Nick Castellanos. I want all the Castellanos. I want the Quan. I like Anthony Sandare there, but I'd like his like him to drop an ADP a little bit. He's a 30 home run guy, yes. But I don't want to take him at 123. But some of you might say that's a reliable, safe play. I didn't mention Andrew Vaughn at first base, but I'm mentioning him now because I love his bat, his continued evolution. He's a really, really good hitter, and he's only going to get better. And I think the batting average will pick up this year and take off. We're looking at a guy who puts it all together this season. It's very possible. And you might be happy that you took Vaughn as your starting first baseman. But starting outfielder, a little tougher of a sell because there's other options like Ian Happ. I love Ian Happ. He put it together last season, and now he's going to take it up to another level this year, hitting in Wrigley Field. Give me all the hap. I love Suzuki, but the injuries are killing me, so I've been avoiding him. I've just been really bummed by the injuries we've seen so far in just over a year's audition, if you will, in MLB. Brendan Nimmo is 
Oh, he's an excellent OBP player. I like Brandon Nimmo a lot, lot more in head-to-head OBP leagues than I do in Roto, but he's going to score a lot of runs. He will. He will score a ton of runs in that lineup. Newt Barr, he's good, but will there be enough playing time? Is he going to be a guy who can hit 25 home runs this year with enough playing time? I'm not sure of it. I'm really not. I've always loved Jeff McNeil. Every year I draft Jeff McNeil, he's my guy. Riley Green, okay, not bad, maybe. Yeah, Riley Green's doable. I'm interested, but as long as I don't have to pay too high of an ADP price. If I can get Riley Green to fall to pick 200 or so, I'll take it as my third outfielder and in a five-outfielder situation. If it's a three-outfielder situation in terms of starting, I'm not sure I want to do that. I know that's a strange technicality, but that's how I feel. I talked about Yoshida, Whit Merrifield. I don't have any interest in whatsoever. I don't want any of that. I like Mitch Hanniger for the power. If power is going to be a little harder to come by, and I like the move to San Francisco. They've made fence adjustments. I know he's had the injury in the preseason, but it's not a serious strain. Should be okay. I like him. I don't draft Verdugo because I just don't. I used to be in love with him, and I fell out of love with him, and I will stay out of love. I would love to have Oscar Gonzalez. I would love to have Lourdes Gurriel. I would love to have Michael Conforto. Kelnick, I'm suspect. It's spring training. I've seen it a lot. I, If you want to take the Kelnick flyer, go ahead. I'm going to go elsewhere. I'd rather have guys like Ramon Laureano, who I do actually trust a little bit more, even though his season wasn't that great. Will Myers in Cincinnati is a real nice fit. If he gets to play every day, that is a nice offensive fit. Jesse Winker, is he the guy that bailed on Seattle last year, or is he going to be a fresh new attitude in Milwaukee with a chance to thrive? OBP leagues, Winker still has value to me. Roto, I'm less interested. Uh, I don't know why Estuary Ruiz goes so high. I mean, he can't hit, so I'm really worried about that. I haven't drafted Ruiz anywhere. We talked about Brian De La Cruz at the beginning of the show. Garrett Mitchell got hurt, but he hopefully will be okay. I would take Mitchell as a fifth outfielder or maybe a, a bench spot for sure in 12-team leagues. Uh, Bader's hurt. Donovan, I love. But, you know, Oscar Colas, I love. I've had Oscar Colas in a couple of dynasty leagues. But are we really certain that just because of this spring, he's going to be playing in Chicago, ready to go? I don't know that to be the case, so I'm not getting involved with Colas in redraft right now. Maybe I'll regret it. Uh, Austin Meadows, my Tigers. I know a lot about Austin Meadows. I've asked around as many insiders here locally as I possibly can. Go Tigers. And, you know, he seems to be, there was just depression and vertigo really brought him down last year. But Parker Meadows is better, I think. But if Austin Meadows is okay, if he's stable mentally, maybe you could take that shot. I would much rather have Jorge Soler going right behind him a lot more power, a number two hitting spot in Miami than I would Austin Meadows. I just can't see. Austin Meadows has to show us that he can hit for power again. We haven't even seen it in spring training either. We have not. I love Drake Fraley. I love Jake Fraley. 273 ADP. I would jump that a lot. I think this is the year where he puts it all together. I love the ballpark in Cincy, as I've said. He's going to get a lot of ABs and opportunities, plate appearances. He can hit for power. I love Fraley even more in OBP leagues, but I still like him enough in Roto where I'll take him as a starting outfielder. I think he's one, He's like, he's my guy. He is my guy. I believe in Jake Fraley wholeheartedly. He could get hurt. I admit that. I understand that. Uh, Austin Hayes, maybe he's being too much removed from our, you know, our forefront of our mind in terms of a guy that we could draft and start. You know, maybe we're being too harsh on Austin Hayes, but I haven't drafted him anywhere. And then um, 
you know, after that, there's so many more. Uh, I just want to hit some guys real quick because we're going to run out of time. I love Manny Margot. I've drafted him everywhere. I think he was onto something in terms of a breakout last year until he got hurt. The knee injury let him down. That was a bummer. Trent Grisham's a guy who could benefit from the shift changes this year. He really could. We'll see. Juan Yepes has a lot of competition, but I love his bat, but his defense is god-awful. That's a problem, but they do have the DH in the NL, so who knows? Uh, we talked about Nick Gordon. I'm a fan. Oswaldo Cabrera was really good in doses last year. Not to be confused with Peraza. This is Oswaldo Cabrera. Let's see if he can capture some of that. He's a nice streamer hitter in a lot of leagues. Don't draft Alex Kirilov. This wrist is always a problem. It's always going to be a problem. I have not had any shares of Kirilov, nor do I have of Carlson. I love Edward Oliveira's 445 ADP. That's a steal. Just give me the playing time with Oliveira's, and the rest will take care of itself. The rest will take care of itself. Jose Siri's not a bad ad either. I mean, he's not just speed. And if he gets enough playing time at Tampa Bay, Jose Siri's a guy I do like. I do think there's potential there in that lineup. And he will get the ABs. That will be an ADP that you'll say, wow, we should have took him a little bit higher because he gets more opportunities to play. Bubba Thompson can steal bags. That's interesting. Miles Straw left for dead, but he was a gold glove defender last year. He's going to get the chance to play. The question is, will he be supplanted by Will Brennan? Baseball is about real-life output, not fantasy. I think Miles Straw stays there and probably is so bad last year, he'll be a little bit better this year. Josh Lowe, you want to play that card? Go ahead, be my guest. Hunter Dozier has a lot of positional eligibility, and I always want to draft him, but I'm a little concerned about that. Kerry Carpenter, 576 ADP. This guy can hit. He's got power, and Detroit's going to play him. I love Kerry Carpenter this year. He's the guy. I'd rather have Kerry Carpenter than Austin Meadows. Lock that in. Seriously, lock that in for sure without hesitation. There it is. James Altman's a guy I've really warmed up to over the last month. I've been drafting him more. I want to see when he gets to play with the Dodgers and will he get enough opportunity. But there, there's a hole in the lamp where if he can hit, he could take advantage of their opportunity. I like James Altman in L.A. I like McCormick. I like Sawinski at times. These are deep league plays, deep, deep leagues. I love Sal Freilich. I think he's a guy worth tanking. I love Kyle Stowers. I love Kyle Stowers, especially in OBP leagues. Baltimore's got a lot of guys they can plug in, but Kyle Stowers is a guy that is being way too overly dismissed, and I feel similarly about Will Brennan, but the question is, will there be enough playing time for Will Brennan? I don't know. Joe Adele's trash. Akil Badu is trash. Unfortunately, it sucks. Breaks my heart to say this, and so is Matt Veerling. I don't feel any more love for him than I would anybody else. Yada, yada, yada. If you draft Nick Senzel, you're a fool. You keep falling for the same old bullshit every year. Please do not do that. Jason Dominguez, it is not his time. He's not ready. So don't fall for the Jason Dominguez hype and try to draft him. Michael Togley of Colorado and Coors. That is a great pick. He's a guy who showed some real promise late in 2022. I think you should take a shot on Togley as a deep flyer. Coors. Because Coors can always serve you well at certain times. That's a name I would consider. After that, this just gets more and more deep, and I'm going to leave it there. I will say Cal Mitchell of Pittsburgh right here, 724 ADP. He should be higher than that. He was young. He has a prospect pedigree that they do like, and there is opportunity. Consider Cal Mitchell if you're looking for a power-speed combo. That is the outfield. Oh, my God, that was intense. We're running out of time here, so I got to get to pitching. Before we get out of here, you probably had a bunch of comments. Um, do you, Anthony says, do you live near Eminem? Uh, no, I don't live near Eminem, but... He's on the other side of Michigan. You're going to regret staying off Yelich of that ADP, says Marty. Hey, I may regret that, Marty. I might have to eat my own words on that. I would love to see Yelich kick ass. Jasper's here. Oh, my God. What's up, dude? I haven't seen you in forever. Jasper Springer. So good to see an old OG of the Colossal Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. That's us here. Give me two. 
Make sure you follow us on Twitter on MJ Govier on Twitter. All right, let me do pitching and then I gotta go because we gotta I gotta do the prospect show and this is wow, this is intense. All right, Joey Otani, love him. Garrett Cole over Corbin Burns, yes. Lock this in. Hear me now, everybody. Take Garrett Cole over Corbin Burns this year and thank me later. Yep, I'm not gonna give you any more reasoning than that. I'm just gonna say it because I've done my own research. It's up to you to decide if you want to agree or disagree with me. But I'm taking Garrett Cole over Gorman Burns. I'm not looking back. I love Sandy Alcantara. I know the strikeouts aren't the super, super elite, but nobody does what Sandy does, and his mechanics are flawless and sound. And if you're in points leagues where you get points for innings pitched, Sandy should be the number one pitcher. He should because, you know, the innings pitched. Uh, I am not drafted Spencer Strider once. I will tell you that Strider went Eighth overall in that OC I did last Thursday. He went eighth overall. If somebody knows something, I don't know. Then so be it. But I don't have any shares of Strider whatsoever. I haven't drafted DeGrom yet. I'm really warming up to it, though. I think we'll get a little bit more health than usual, but nobody can tell you that. Nobody can clearly produce that to you. Brandon Woodruff, I've drafted a few times. I just love the floor. I feel very safe with Brandon Woodruff. He's 30 years old. He's in his prime. He should be rock solid. I haven't drafted Verlander or McClanahan or Nola. I'm not against drafting any of those guys. I got no beef with those. Uh, When it comes to closers, I don't like to take closers early. I didn't take Edwin Diaz anywhere at all, and I'm grateful for that. That's pure luck, I know, and it's not his fault that his patellar tendon gave way. But I don't take closers early because you can get them later. So I don't have any Emmanuel Class A shares. Uh, I don't have any Scherzer shares. I'm worried that the injuries are becoming too frequent. He's getting very old. I don't know if he can hold up anymore, but when he does pitch, he'll still be pretty damn good. I admit that. Love Dylan Cease. I think what we've seen is legit. He's the real deal, especially in K-9 leagues. I love that. I love what he can do in terms of strikeout potential. Shane Bieber's always dismissed, and I think it's unnecessary. I like him. I don't like Josh Hayard at all. I got no interest, but he might have a better season than last year. I admit that. Christian Javier has become the man. Everyone loves Christian Javier. I would rather have... Julio Urias, though, I do believe, and this is this is controversial. I have drafted Julio Urias a couple times. For some reason, people are pissed at him this year. I think this is a really elite talent who's ascending to the place on the pedestal that he was always supposed to be. Julio Urias was a super prospect, and now he's that guy. So why does he suck now? I don't get it. I'm drafting him. I like it. I think if you take Christian Javier... Has incredible moments, and man, what he did last year in certain spots. I just don't know if he has the the length to stay deep in games to get enough wins for you. But it's also on a team Houston that should win a lot of games. So I, I think Javier is gonna be a real interesting, intriguing player this year to see if he ascends to like top ten, top five SP overall guy. Because right now he's coming off a little bit beyond that, but he seems to be ascending to that realm. I'm not sure that's the case. Zach Wheeler's a guy you can trust. Rock solid. No beef there. So is the same thing with Luis Castillo, especially with that defense behind him now. Much better defense than he had in Cincinnati. Love Luis Castillo. Jordan Romano's fine. I don't draft that high. Do your thing. Kevin Gaussman and Alec Manoa, both Toronto starting pitchers here. I really, really loved Alec Manoa this year. I think he's going to have his best season by far and could be a borderline Cy Young this season, but other people are saying they're not into it. So it makes me feel uncertain, but I got to stay true to me. So I like both these guys. I, I used to hate Kevin Gossman, but he has totally changed my mind. He is, I mean, remember the guy who barely could hang out with Atlanta? He couldn't hang out to a job, and now he's a stud. And that's who he is now, and I have to lock that into my brain and not let past bias remind me or 
minimize an opportunity. I think both these Toronto starters are guys that you want to be in business with. I don't see a lot of negatives there at all. I don't have any Max Freed. His strikeout potential hurts. It bums me out sometimes, and maybe that turns me off. But it's a team that's going to score a lot of runs, going to get a lot of wins, and his whip, his his ability to limit contact and keep that whip down is very, very tantalizing. Not the most flashy player, but... You, I can't really find an argument against Max Freed. I love Devin Williams this year. I think Rizal Iglesias is a great pitcher, but there's a lot of arms in that Atlanta bullpen that could challenge him, and I see him as being shaky. I would not take Rizal Iglesias, even though I drafted him in that mock draft I showed you earlier for RT Sports and Howard Bender and Fantasy Alarm. Ah, I feel like there's a lot of Atlanta arms there that could challenge him. Zach Gallen, always steady. You Darvish, you know he's going to have that blow-up game like he did last year against San Francisco when he gave up nine earned runs. He's going to kill you on a couple starts, but he's going to be really, really good otherwise. Carlos Rodon started a throwing program. I'd, I think you should take the shot on Rodon this year because remember with Jesus Lazardo last year? You know, he was out for a while. He had the forearm strain, and it seemed like, oh, boy, the party could be over. But he never had Tommy John, and he came back, and he was good. I think it's okay. I think Rodon's in a similar situation. They're going to be okay here. Not every forearm strain leads to Tommy John. Don't panic. And now you're getting a discount on Rodon. It might be worth it. I love Ryan Presley. I love Framber Studies. He goes, I love Tristan McKenzie this year. Love the heat. He's going to keep growing. And this season, that K per nine is going to go up a bit, bit more. I believe that because Cleveland knows how to get the most out of their starting pitching. And McKenzie, that, you know, he's had that sleek chassis of a body. But, man, he throws gas. I love watching him pitch, and I think I'd be happy to take McKenzie as my, hell, depending on the league situation and the context, as my SP1. I'm not kidding. But I'd like to have McKenzie as SP2 in a more ideal scenario, most likely. I love Ryan Helsley. I think all the hype is warranted and then some. The guy is elite. Uh, Robbie Ray is one of the guys I drafted the most. Because he's going around pick 96 to 100, I can get him as my SP2 easy, and I'm happy with that, as I said earlier in the show, and I explained that. Uh, George Kirby I like a lot. I just haven't had any shares this year, but I'm down with Kirby. I love Felix Bautista. The early preseason spring training injury stuff has limited his ADP and brought him down to earth a bit, but he's going to be healthy eventually and ready to rock this season, and he's going to kill it because he is an electric closer I'd be all about it. Kenley Jansen, you know, he does what he does, whatever. I'm not in business with him, but he still continues to get the job done. Joe Musgrove, we got a discount with the injury, but he should be fine. He still get a pretty much a full season out of Musgrove. I want that. Really, really good pitcher in his prime right now. Hunter Green, I have no shares of. I don't like the ballpark, and I think his fastball is really hard but straight. I love Duvall. I love Severino this year, who I used to not like at all, but he looks like him He's back to his true self. Luis Severino in New York is truly who he should be, and that's who he is. Blake Snell, mm, I don't have any shares. I don't. I love Logan Gilbert, but I love him a little too much. I might need to slow myself, slow my roll on Logan Gilbert a little bit, but not too much. I love Logan Webb more than Logan Gilbert. I love Logan Webb more than a lot of the guys in this section. I think Chris Sale will be back this year. He'll finally end the bugaboo nightmare that has been injuries and bad luck and I think you are wise to use Chris Sale as your SP3 or 4. That's a steal of a deal. Nestor Cortez should be an SP2. You're getting a killer deal on that. I talked about why Lodolo freaks me out with the ballpark and the terrible Reds bullpen. The Reds bullpen goes for all Cincinnati starters. I love Lucas Giolito this year. That's my guy. I'm drafting him all day long, especially at that price. I'm happy to get it. Jesus Cesaro has always been my guy, but I don't have any shares this year because his price has gotten a little bit more expensive than last year's 240-ish, 260 range. But... 
I would pay it. Kyle Wright, not too worried about the shoulder, but I don't have any shares. I guess it was enough to scare me off. I admit that. I love, I have Duran, Juan Duran of Minnesota. I think he is the closer. He will be, and I've drafted him as such as my number one closer because his ADP is at 152. Jeffrey Springs is a stud. I love him. He's just going to keep getting better. Luis Garcia is very reliable. I like him too. Uh, Dustin May, you know the story there. I already talked about Charlie Martin. Daniel Bard, I have not drafted any Daniel Bard this year because I want what Daniel Bard was last year, the afterthought who became the closer and got 30 saves off the waiver wire. That's what I want. I don't want... I don't want to pay a 166 ADP price even for Bard this year, nor have I drafted Scott Barlow because just because Araldis Chapman is there. It is a problem. It does concern me. I think they're just going to be a really, really annoying situation as a closer in Kansas City all season long until it finally gets figured out, hopefully, in May. Love Drew Rasmussen. I love Pablo Lopez. Yes, I want Pablo Lopez as an SP3 or two if you're willing to wait. Seriously, he's that good and should be going higher than ADB 170. Uh, Andre Munoz is a stud. I have not drafted Grayson Rodriguez at all. We have to see how he fits in and when he gets to play for Baltimore. I think you're making a lot of assumptions there if you think you know otherwise. I love Brady Singer. I always have, always will. I wrote a song about him. I'm down with that. I haven't drafted Kodai Senga at all. Maybe I'll regret that, but I'm. I just haven't been able to find the team context where he fits into my situation. Maybe that'll still happen for my main event draft. I don't know. I love Patrick Sandoval. I know he doesn't go deep, and you got the six-man rotation, which kind of bums people out, but Sandoval is worth the price of admission. Tony Gonsolin, I think he really, really overachieved last year, and now there's a slight injury issue. I'm, I'm worried. I don't have any Gonsolin. John Gray, I've been in that fan club a million times. I prefer Sonny Gray, who I think will have a really nice year this year. He comes back strong. Him and Pablo Lopez at the top of that Minnesota rotation with Joe Ryan. That's quality. Edward Cabrera, I love Edward Cabrera's changeup, but I'm really concerned that he can't stay healthy enough. Can we get 150 innings on Edward Cabrera this year? I'm betting we don't. Uh, other guys here, Alex Cobb, I'm buying all the way in on it. He'll probably get hurt, but when he does pitches, he'll be viable. I have drafted Trevor Rogers here at ADP 229. I have Trevor Rogers on almost every team I've drafted this season. I've completely bought back that he'll be the guy from two years ago, not last year, and I think you get a great discount here. It's absolutely worth taking him as your SP4 or 5, no problem. I actually believe Jose Barrios will be much better this year, too. I don't have any shares, but I wish I did. Uh, oh, my God, there's so many more here. So many more, but I got to go. I'm out of time. Uh, Tyler Anderson's a fraud. Forget it. I love Michael Kopech, even though he's coming in with the knee injury issue. He'll be fine. He's going to be good. I love Zach Eflin. That was a great signing by Tampa Bay. Give me all the Eflin. I don't have any in Thor. No interest in Thor. I don't have any interest in Carlos Carrasco. I love Justin Steele, but is he that guy that we saw last year, or will he be a little bit more of a reality check in 2023? I love Ronzi Contreras. Give me all the Ronzi. He looked really good in 86 innings. Give it to me. Eric Lauer is a guy drafted on every single damn team. I said this earlier. He's going to continue to get better. Love Eric Lauer because I believe Milwaukee. Oh, oh, my God. I go on and on and on here. There's so many more guys. That's it. I got to leave it there. I got to go. I have talked as much as I can possibly talk and tried to cover as many players as I can going into your draft prep this weekend. I hope it all goes your way. And if you're not drafting this weekend, then great. You got more time to hit me up on the Discord, the Plotsville Podcast Twitter feed, or on MJ Govier Twitter feed. You talk. Two L's, two Z's. Give me two. Look, we got the Plotsville Podcast Invitational. We're trying to close League 6 so we can start drafting immediately. The link is at the top of the MJ Govier Twitter handle. That is everything I can say and then some. It's been a pleasure, all of you. I hope you guys got something out of this. Uh, we had Alex Dale show up. What's up, buddy? Uh, over under 97.5 RBIs for Vladdy this season. Uh, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I will. 
he definitely should get over 97 and a half ribbies, especially in that lineup. I'm a fan and I not too worried about the knee at all. I really am not. Thanks everybody. This has been a real pleasure. I love talking to all of you guys. I got to turn it over to Russell Crowe now and hit the high road. I'll be right back actually, because we're doing the prospects power half hour with Ben Chase and Seth from Twins Daily momentarily. All right, lads. Now I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.